Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. I'm your Herd mom, Megan. What year is it? Uh, it's it's 2019. It's well, it's been a week. <laughs> <It's been> a <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it yes, we missed last week, and um, that was mostly just due to everything on the plates, and we felt like for you to get the best uh, best show uh, that we should postpone and wait to do it this week so that way you don't get low quality herd content yeah it's like when you go to a wedding and all they have is those really small china plates but they have a buffet Mm -hmm. and you're just like going down the line i want you You want you want want everything sausages i want uh the meatballs in the barbecue sauce those are so good Mm -hmm. you know they have grape jelly in them interesting weird but like you fill up your plate and you're like how am i gonna hold this plate and then you realize that you can't, and you drop it all over the bride's wedding dress, and you're sad. <laughs> yeah, so we had to take one plate to the table and then come back and fill this plate and uh, deliver it to you, full of Star Wars goodness. Um, so thank you for your patience with that. Um, we definitely don't appreciate how often that's come up uh, already in the new year, yeah. and we are working to find ways to ensure that Nerd Herder stays consistent and high quality uh, that you expect <clears throat> from us while also not sacrificing other demands that we have mm-hmm. in life. You know, just just know that we're kind of in that journey right now, um, trying to make sure that we're giving you the best, but also we're not sacrificing uh, ourselves and our personal lives and our work lives and mm-hmm. all the other things we have going on in order to do that. We want everything to be copacetic. So yeah. um, sometimes that means delays, sometimes that means last-minute changes, but you guys are pretty patient about it, so that's cool. So, thanks for that. If you have a wedding, go to Party City. They've got those plastic plates that look like, you know, (laughs) That look like real thing. Yeah, Yeah. we went to a friend's wedding that had that, and they had had the plastic forks and silverware that looked legit silverware and wasn't. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, And everyone was talking about it. Yeah, everybody was like, oh my gosh, gosh. Barbara, did you see this? Did you see the plates? Anyway, speaking of did you see this, um, so quite a bit of news dropped, um, specifically related to Galaxy's Edge uh, last week, and I think that was the most difficult thing about not doing the show. We wanted to do the show to talk about Galaxy's Edge stuff, and like I said, just couldn't make it happen, but a week late, you know. Better late than never, I guess, so, um, but we've also got all kinds of other news, um... And today, in our main show, we are sitting down and talking to Michael Morisi, who is the author of the Star Wars Flight of the Falcon series, and a lot of other awesome sci-fi, horror, nerdy, geeky stuff. I mean, he's just got quite the portfolio of um, awesome work, and so we're going to sit and talk to him about his Star Wars work and some of his other work, and so uh, we're looking forward to that. That's going to be... Uh, I think a fun conversation, and then of course we'll wrap it all up with some Q and A. So, without further ado, the news. The news. Um, John, I've got some news for you. Yeah. You're probably the person in this house who would care most about it. Um, Anakin is now in Battlefront. And boy, howdy, have the screen grabs been making me sad. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he came out last week, and um, as 
usual. <laughs> I'm I'm late. I have not yeah. had a chance to get to Battlefront. Um, <clears throat> but I'm hoping this weekend uh, to get on there. So if, if uh, you want to hop on with me, keep an eye on our Twitter page. I'll post my PlayStation handle and uh, maybe we can uh, join together, uh, rule the galaxy and whatnot. But um, from everything I've seen, uh, Anakin is... I mean, it's funny that, you know, when Dooku came out, everybody was like, oh my gosh, Dooku is the character. He is, like, top tier. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, how are they going to balance that with it with Anakin? I mean, first of all, Dooku, I didn't expect him to be so powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people were. But then they drop Anakin, and, I mean, they found another level. It's like Goku. It's like, where did you yeah. find, find the next level? You I know, made it. Yeah. You know what I want to see? Ventress. Yeah, a lot of people are calling for Ventress and Ahsoka and whatnot. I'm okay if they wait on some Clone Wars stuff for a while. I think Clone Wars has been uh, very generous mm -hmm. with its content for Battlefront. I would like to see some Imperial, like, you know, Galactic Civil War era explored. I'd like to see some more variations of Stormtroopers and whatnot. I was mm -hmm. having this conversation with our friend um, Mike because... You know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, we've got a lot of clone trooper variations now. We've got yeah. a... Clone Wars has a lot, okay? So let's see what we can do to expand other things. Because it's quickly becoming, the roster's full with prequel and Clone Wars content. And, you know, it's just... Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But at the same time, I also love the other parts. And I would like them to get some yeah. attention as well. What if we get some uh, Jedi Order releases? What do you mean? Maybe just, like, Kiari Mundi. See, I'd still feel like that's prequel. Like, I'm fine with it after a while, but I just, I, I mean, because me and Mike, we were talking about, like, the Imperial Royal Guard, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they would be a good uh, enforcer. They'd be a good match for Jedi with their Force Pike, you know? Um, talked about just different skins. We could get, you know, Shadow Trooper skins for mm -hmm. the different classes. Or we could get... I mean, we had the Stormtrooper uh, Commander, we had the, the Shock Trooper. You know, there's there's Stormtrooper variations. I'm not saying we definitely need, like, all new classes built. I'm just saying, like, some new skins would be nice. I mean, the Clone Troopers, they're not new, they're just reskinned. Yeah. I'd like some of that with Stormtroopers a little bit. Yeah. Um, just Just to fill out the roster a little bit more. I mean, I love the clones, but... It's, it's meant to be all era. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, and it's easy because there's so many Jedi, there's so many clone variations, you know, it's easy to expand those. I think what would be more interesting is them expanding other areas a little bit more. Yeah. And if that means creating new things, like, go ahead. Like, I mean, I loved the Stormtrooper variations of The Force Unleashed. I loved the Evo Trooper, I loved the Jump Trooper, I loved the Incinerator Trooper. I thought those were really cool ways to modify the standard Stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. Do something like that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, that, I, 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 I don't see why they couldn't, but that's just me. <laughs> but anyway, I am excited for Anakin, and I will be playing this weekend. So, like yes, I said, keep an eye out. I'll post when I'm going to be on, um, and if you also... Just want to know whenever I do go on and be able to chat and all that other stuff. We have a Discord. 
um, that you can find the link to on our Twitter and Facebook. And so you can join us there. Uh, we have exclusive levels for our patrons, um, but we also have open community, and we have um, a section where we can talk about news, where we can talk Battlefront, all that stuff. So if you want to have more direct contact with me when we game, or just in general, you can find our Discord, join us there, and do all that good stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, this weekend, I'm going to be playing Kirby's Epic Yarn the whole time. So. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to play that with me, too bad. It's not a multiplayer game. <laughs> um, that's how you know someone's got an antisocial. It's like, is there a player two option? No! <laughs> I want to play alone! That was me, most of my, <laughs> my teenhood. Um, although, you're the first person that I've willingly played multiplayer games with, and it's always Lego Star Wars. Well, yeah, multiplayer in the sense of partner play, not yeah. um, world play. Yeah. But, I mean, that used to be multiplayer. That used to be the extent of multiplayer. Play with your friends. <laughs> like, yeah, and look like, at their screen. Right. Uh, well, I mean, then get another TV. I'm sorry your mom won't afford another TV until she can. I'm going to watch your screen. Your mom won't afford another TV. Okay. Don't don't <laughs> latch on to my grammar. <laughs> That's half of this podcast, John. Anyway, comic news. Um... So out this week we get Darth Vader, Darth Darth. I don't like this title. Darth Vader, Dark Visions, number one. I don't like this title. Why don't you like it? Uh, I, first of all, I don't feel like it rolls. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's natural to say. I feel like it's very clunky, and you know, Darth Vader, Dark Visions, like. Well, I had some trouble with it, as you can tell. <laughs> well, I, it's just it's one of those things where it's just like. I don't know, and calling it Dark Visions wouldn't have even really... Because I don't even think that encapsulates what this series is supposed to be about. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just for me, it doesn't feel right. I loved the idea of Shadow of Vader. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was a really good time. I know that that came with Chuck Wendig, and that went with Chuck Wendig, but I felt like they could have gone with a similar motif, because I felt Shadow of Vader captured more of what the series was going to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about people that live in Vader's shadow and have experienced him differently. Okay, I can deal with that. Yeah. Darth Vader, Dark Visions. <clears throat> I, don't yeah. I don't know. Now, that said, the yeah. title aside, I'm excited for it. Um, I've uh, read the um, pre... Or what? Not what's it called? The preview? I've read the preview, the first like five or six pages, thought it was really good, and it's exactly what I thought it would be, you know, mm-hmm. it, it basically, it's a group of people that are oppressed by means other than the Empire, who are quote unquote saved by the Empire, Vader specifically, and are like, oh, the Empire and Vader are the good guys, mm-hmm. but they're only the good guys because the other thing, in your view, was worse than the Empire. Yeah, I get you. Um... So I love I love that twist on the story. I love that representation because there's, you know, I mean, that's a real thing. It's like, you know, why do people believe in bad people and bad leaders? It's because sometimes the bad leaders save them from a badder thing. And I know that's not grammar, but you know what I mean. Like, yes, it's in, in, in their view, it's like, it's better than the other thing. Mm-hmm. Lesser of two evils, you yeah. know. Um, so I like that they're playing with that. 
I don't think that's going to be the whole series, though. Because clearly there's one where some lady has this weird crush on Vader. So I'm real. I think that's issue number three. That's not. So, that's not very. Far I'm real. I'm real. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> you know, there's people out there. It's like, is it real leather? Yes. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm excited for that. I think it's Never issue three. I'd have to kink shave a podcast. And I think it's issue three. So I'm excited for um, that one. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the story. Yeah. I just don't necessarily like the title. I get you. Minor gripe. Minor. Um, we got Star Wars number 62. Super excited. We're, we're entering the last arc of Kieran Gillen's work on Star Wars, and he's bringing it with a bang because um, the Shoturin are returning, and the Rebellion is getting back on its feet, so it looks like it's going to be a real all-out battle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to create some interesting conflict for characters, specifically Leia, because I think we're starting to see her, in this instance, degrade in her morals, which is something, you know, (laughs) you know, sacrilegious for Leia. You know, Leia's meant to be that one that's always a standard good. Yeah. And I think that this story's done a good job of challenging that, not to smudge the name of Leia, but in the sense of showing, like, in times of great loss and stress, if we're not careful, we can lose ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening to Leia, and I think that's going to be so interesting to see how it resolves. Because ultimately, we know Leia's going to be Leia. Yeah. She's going to come to her senses. Yeah. But the journey for her to come to her senses is going to be interesting. Yeah. And I've always had this stance of, do I think that Luke could rule the galaxy? No. I don't think so. I think he would just... Return to the light side as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Leia, on the other hand, she would rule with an iron fist. <laughs> right. Well, and that you know, and that it's interesting you say that because you know we know from the book a certain point of view, Yoda wanted to train Leia. Yeah. And I've always wondered. I'm like with with her knowledge and wisdom and character. Mm-hmm. If you add a strength in the Force to that, that'd be scary. she would have been an even scarier asset to the Empire mm-hmm. had she been able to be turned. I don't think she could have. No. But if she had, she would have been far more dangerous, I think, than Luke. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, she's 100% Padme's daughter. Mm-hmm. And I point that out all the time because I love that parallel. Mm-hmm. She's also Anakin's daughter. <laughs> yeah. And and I like elements where you see that. And I think this this story arc for her has been a great way of seeing those glimpses of she also has those same Skywalker tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she's screaming at Han mm-hmm. in Empire. Well, and, you know, it's also interesting because Queen Trios of Shochurun is kind of like an opposite Leia. Mm-hmm. They have very similar backgrounds and experiences and, I mean, even kind of hold the same regard. I mean, had Leia's planet not been blown up, they would have the same status even. Mm-hmm. But... Queen Trios gave herself to serve the Empire, whereas Leia gave herself to fight the Empire. So it's a really interesting parallel. I just realized who you were talking about. Yep. Yeah, the one that got the yeah. piece of Alderaan. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 perfect Vader That is so great. fear-mongering right there. Oh man, if you haven't read the Darth Vader comics, please. Right, well, and I, please love, do. I love that, that, I love when those 
series intersect, and even Dr. Aphra intersects with the um, Star Wars series around the 30, uh, 30th issues and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I love when they intersect because you can read the Star Wars comics and get a really great story. You can read the Darth Vader comics. You can read the Aphra comics and get great stories. Mm -hmm. But when you read them um, coincidingly, yes. you know, alongside each other, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's so much more. Because, you know, seeing the Shoturin with the Empire in the Star Wars series, it's like, oh, okay, this is a cool twist. Seeing how the Empire got them yeah. <laughs> is a great story as well. So, Basically, I, I love it. Yeah, Vader comes in and just stirs the melting pot. Yeah, so, um, I mean, like I said, like you got Queen Trios, who is basically Leia, who basically. gets turned to serving for the Empire out of fear because Vader's like, hey, you want to rock? It's like, sure, this is pretty, I guess. Yeah. It's like, that's the last piece of Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that's freaking your, amazing. That's your planet if you fail me. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and it's such, that's such great art in that right. one panel because you can like see the horror in her face. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's it's really good at building that suspense and, and, and so such great stuff. So Yeah. And that's not a huge spoiler. It's just to say that that's, that's a big piece of um, <clears throat> that element of the story. So yeah. hopefully... Yeah. This has sold you on reading these comics. I know it's oh, yeah. 60 issues, but you could do it's it if you wanted. It. <laughs> it's worth it. Buy, uh, buy an omnibus. Uh, yeah, well, and actually, uh, did we talk about it? I don't I don't know. This, the first official Star Wars Marvel omnibus is coming out next year? Yes. I think, and it collects the first 40 or so uh, issues. I'm excited. So, if you want to drop 120 bucks on that, and that sounds crazy, but... Yeah. Just keep in mind you're getting 40 issues. Yeah. Like... I'm pretty sure I've almost paid that much for all of the TMNT comics. Well, I mean, exactly. You, you either pay the same or even maybe less, and you just get it all in one. Exactly. And it's a good hardback omnibus. It's going to be cool. Yeah. So, hopefully we've sold you on checking that out. Hopefully. Uh, we've also got Age of Republic Padme. It's just a wonderful week for Padme. Yay! So this is This is the only one I haven't checked out. Uh, before getting into this episode, mm -hmm. but it's Padme, and we're big fans of Padme. Knowing how well Jodie Hauser's doing with these issues, it used to be one of those things like, "Oh, Dooku's out next week. I really wonder how they're gonna." Dooku, it was great. Yeah, you know, it, every yeah. issue has been so great. So it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I have to know what they do because I'm so worried. No, yeah. I know it's going to be great. I yeah. know it's going to be awesome. Like, even the one panel of Dooku watching the hollow of Qui-Gon getting killed. Well, that's not... No, I mean the the thing that you showed me. Yeah, but that wasn't from this one. I know. Wait a minute. I showed, I showed you that. Yes. When we were having the conversation of, uh, like... Uh, I think it was like, did he know about Qui-Gon, or what would he have thought about Qui-Gon, or something like that. That was from original Legends Dooku past. Okay, because I thought that was from The one Republic. with, this one is the one where Dooku hangs out with a Jedi that's a tiger. If you can't tell, Megan, Megan Q 
can't tell one Star Wars comic from the other. <laughs> I am new. I am brand new baby. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Um, so much stuff. Yeah, so that you you get awesome stuff like that from Jody Hauser. You get yeah. a tiger Jedi, because why not? I'm confused. He also has a really <laughs> cool like. He has a very Savajo press lightsaber. It's not double ended, but it's that huge honking like. My trash boy. Glaive like. Yeah. I mean like you could not get your hands around it kind of lightsaber handle. I'm like holy cow. Is he like an anthropomorphic tiger? Yes. Is he a furry? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody would think he's cute, but uh, yeah. I mean, he's like full on walking anthropomorphic tiger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably from some jungle planet. I don't know. I've been on the internet for too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it, it definitely stands out because it's like that's not typically what our Star Wars aliens look like. No. It. <laughs> Does he eat a lot of cereal? No, and he does are, not say great? it's great. It, he does not say <laughs> that. I, I kept expecting that, but yeah, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad Jody restrained herself. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the graphic novel edition of Empire Strikes Back is also out today. Mm-hmm. Yay! I'm gonna pick that up. Maybe yeah. I mean, I'm not running to the store to get it. No. Yeah, is what I'll say. We're in our pajamas, and you have a cat on your lap. <laughs> well, yeah, but and also um, podcast. But just in general, um, I mean, I'm. I'm excited. I'm glad it's getting the graphic novel treatment. Um, yeah. But at the same time, uh, given everything else I'm excited for, this is kind of lower on the list. <clears throat> not, it's not a criticism. I think the art's great. I've enjoyed the... Um, you got me the A New Hope graphic novel for Christmas a couple years ago. So I know it's great quality. It's just I, compared to the other things Star Wars is doing right now, mm -hmm. it's just I'm going to get it eventually, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's it for comic news. John, book news. Yes. And boy howdy, Queen Shadow is out now. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say we love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're not going to do spoilers, um, but next week you can expect a video on YouTube from us where we do dive into uh, Queen Shadow. And the reason we're doing it on YouTube is so that way you, no one has to miss a podcast episode because they don't want to get spoilers. So if we put it on YouTube, our idea is you can choose to see it or you can choose not to. If you want to know our full thoughts on it, then you can check it out. If you don't, then you don't have to. Um, and that's how we're going to do it for every book release in the future. Like, you know, Master and Apprentice, when it comes out, we'll do a full spoiler review on YouTube, but we won't spoil anything here on the podcast, so that way you don't have to ever worry about spoilers. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want anybody to miss the podcast because of spoilers. You know, we're not, you know. So, that's our formula for now. So, look out for that next week if you want. Um, and if you've read it by then, then it may not be spoilers for you. And you can just uh, join in the conversation with us. But, um, I'm about, I'm almost halfway through with it. And it's really great. I, I love it. Um, I am glad that... I heard a couple of people talking about the pacing, and I got a little worried, but I'm glad that it's working for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I've mentioned a couple times in comments to people that if you like Star Wars politics of the Clone Wars type, you'll like it. Because yes. it's along those lines. It's not like Episode One politics, where it's very over your head, and you really have to digest it to understand what's going on. With It's much <clears> more <throat> in the vein of what we get from Clone Wars episodes that 
really do it well and do it with a duality of what it means for Star Wars and kind of what it means for us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's very good in that sense of being like, hey, hey, this is Star Wars and this should be entertaining, but you should also learn from this because this gives you a different perspective at looking at your own world. Mm -hmm. It's it's just, it's so well done, which isn't surprising from E.K. Johnston. And, um, yeah. I, and, it, and, and the great thing is Padme's not the only great character. Yeah. You know, um, her handmaidens are getting a lot of good um, light and attention. Yes, and I appreciate that. I already love Sabe. And we're also introduced to and seeing building relationships with her other um, senatorial friends like Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and such. So there's a lot going on, and it's all very... It's entertaining, but not in the sense of lots of action and lots of... Yeah, it's entertaining in the sense that it keeps you captured. It keeps you wanting to go to the next page and yeah. whatnot. So, that said, mm -hmm. definitely recommend getting it. I know some of you I've seen, you're, you've got it, you're waiting on it to get there. Um, but if you're still waiting uh, to get it, if you haven't gotten it yet, don't worry. In our Amazon segment of the Banking Clan, we will give you guys uh, some info on a link that you can take to follow and to Amazon and get your own copy um, and and pick that up um, you can pick up the audiobook version the physical copy uh, whatever however you want to do it but whatever definitely 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 get it yeah um, so some film and TV news yesterday March 5th was rebels remembered day marking one year since the series ended and I stayed off Twitter all day yeah you did good <laughs> I told her on Sunday, I was like, okay, Monday night to the end of Tuesday and pretty much till this, you know, Wednesday morning. Yeah. No Twitter because it, there's going to be a lot about Rebels and I was not wrong. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I've already been spoiler, spoiled on a few things concerning Rebels. Yes, but that's yes. why I'm trying to be more protective of the other things. Um, as well, because there's, a, there's there's just a lot that goes on in Rebels, and there's yeah. a lot that I think is best to be experienced fresh. Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, but look, you know, I, as expected, a lot of people were talking about some of the things that I expected they would talk about, and it was tough <clears> not <throat> to talk about some of the things I wanted to talk about. But yeah, that's going to be on our Rebels rewatch later down the line. Um, and a couple of people have asked us, and yes, we are planning to cover Rebels, and yes, we are planning to cover Resistance. Someday. <laughs> we're not quite sure. Basically, we're, prob we're probably planning to do one on the podcast and one on YouTube. Yeah. We're just not sure which yet. So, that said, if you have an opinion on that, let us know. If you would prefer to have one come in one form or the other, let us know. Help us decide what we're going to do. We have until about August when our Clone Wars rewatch ends. So, yeah, hit us up with your ideas on how to cover uh, those other two awesome shows um, because we want to definitely do that. Yeah. Um, we're still just trying to decide on the best format. So We're like halfway done with Clone Wars. Yeah, we're, we're pretty close to being there. Um, now, that said, that's not measuring and factoring in the return. Yes. Uh, because... I know it's 12 episodes, but I don't know how we're going to do that yet. Mm -hmm. And I also don't know when exactly it's releasing. So, 
But we know we, that we're going to give Disney all of our money. Oh, yeah. So we might end our Clone Wars rewatch in August and then have to do a special segment on it um, when the rewatch or the return comes. I, we're not sure yet. There's still a lot that's waiting to find out. I'm sure at Celebration we'll know a little bit more about Clone Wars. So yeah, maybe after Celebration we'll have some more we can say on that. But know that we're thinking about it. And if you have some thoughts that you've been thinking about it, let us know. Yes, and I will be there in front of Dave Filoni begging for more clone stuff, please. <laughs> Can I please have some more clones? Can I have some more clones, please? Can you bring back 99 from the dead? No. No, that's not going to happen. <sighs> what? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, Galaxy's Edge news. You made yourself sad. I made myself sad. Well, you want to know what happened yesterday? I was what just... What happened yesterday? I was just, like, listening to my YouTube music playlist, minding my own daggum business, and all of a sudden, a piano cover of Leia's theme started playing. Aww. I started sobbing. <laughs> it was so pretty. I'll link it up on our our Twitter, because it is so freaking pretty. You're so cute. <laughs> That's the only song in Star Wars that really gets me. Mm-hmm. Well, that and a few other things. Anyway. Galaxy's Edge, John. Oh, gosh, yes. It's going to take our money soon. All of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tell we thought, we thought. I mean, and we've been planning for the investment of Celebration since last year. We knew we were going to do it, and we'd been yeah. preparing for that. We've been saving for a long time. And we were like, okay, this is probably going to be the biggest investment to Star Wars we make. Yeah. Surely. Well, we were wrong because Galaxy's Edge <laughs> just dropped a bomb on us. So basically they unloaded a lot about what's going to be available at the park, what's going to be happening at the park. Um, and so, I mean, all kinds of news dropped. And we probably aren't going to get to everything, so if you really want us to cover everything more in detail, you can let us know and we'll probably put that up on YouTube. Right now we're not, prob- we're not really planning on it, yeah. um, but... Um, just let us know if you want way more detail. But So, as far as some of the things you can do, obviously we knew about the Flight of the Falcon and the Rise of the Resistance, but some of the cool stuff that was revealed about that, number one is the awesome animatronic that they've got for Hondo. Oh my gosh, it moves like butter. It looks so fantastic. It yeah. looks so awesome to see Hondo. I mean, I know yeah. it's not in person, but that's the most live that we're going to ever probably see him. Oh yeah, like... I don't know if we have many, like, huge Disney fans in our uh, fa- our herd. Hi, Michael. Um, <laughs> but, like, it reminded me a little bit of Rex from the Carousel of Progress. Um, well, and a lot of people have compared it to um, uh, Ursula from uh, Little Mermaid. That thing is so articulated. Both it's creepy. Are, both are amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And still don't reach the level of the shaman in the Avatar ride. That oh, was that was, was incredible. Um, if you've never been to Disney and never experienced the animatronics of Disney, which are my favorite part, <laughs> except call the, me weird. Except the small world ones. Those were, yeah. John experienced. It's a small world. For the Did first you know time. they get a haircut every year? Yes, because yarn stretches. I'm not joking, guys. These freaking dolls get haircuts <laughs> once a year. Because yarn gets weighed down and stretches. <laughs> I'm pretty that sure creepy. that person still gets paid more than me in a year, but Probably. whatever. But um, yeah. It's 
it's beautiful watching yeah. the footage. It was really nice to see Hondo, like I said, the closest to live that we're probably going to get. I appreciate, I was worried when, when they did a promo back in like December, they showed a cast they were working on of Hondo's face, and it was yeah. like, ooh, Hondo. We always knew he was going to be a part, yeah. but I was... I think I was we like, thought that he was going to be a cast member. I, I thought so. I thought, oh my gosh, are they really going to put that makeup on somebody? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be miserable in, in the Florida of heat. Yeah. yeah. So I was like... I'm glad they went with yeah. animatronic. I was a little. I I will I will say even knowing what their animatronics are capable of, I was a little oh, worried yeah. about an animatronic because I was like, is it going to be able to capture the animation of Hondo? And from mm. the, I mean, thirty <clears throat> second video or yeah, it's yeah, it looks like it's perfectly capable of that. For like a good two three seconds, I thought it was a real person inside of a. Hondo well, when costume. I saw the screen, when I saw the thumbnail someone had shared, I was like. Is that a person? Did they put a person in that? I was like, <laughs> dang it, I feel so bad for that person. But they yeah. probably get so much money. Yeah. Uh, in, in reality, it's no money because it's it's a animatronic. But. Guys, if you love robotics and animatronics like I do, do yourself a favor and go pick up uh, a couple of books about Disney. I don't remember the title, but I think it's something called Imagineering. I think that's just Maybe. what it's called. Um, but th- those are the engineers that work for Disney, is mm-hmm. the Imagineers. And I think Disney and the Henson Company are part of what made me want to be an engineer when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Because the technology is so incredible mm-hmm. in these uh, animatronics. And I don't know why, but I think Disney is the reason I have an odd fixation with an- animatronic bears that are creepy. Maybe. Yeah. I love the country bears. That's my favorite thing at Disney. Hmm. Hot take. <laughs> um, so, uh, other than Hondo with Rise of Resistance, we found out a little bit more details about how the ride works. And we talked before about how, okay, you hop on a shuttle, it makes you think that you're flying out to space, and then you get picked up by a Star Destroyer, and then you get marched into um, a cell. And what's cool about the cell is apparently it resembles the cell that um, Ray was in, um, in The Force Awakens. And apparently in that moment, Kylo Ren will interact with you. And supposedly um, Adam Driver came back to do... Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaacs all came, all did their stuff for this ride, so it's going to feel like you're along with them. Mm-hmm. I am curious, though, how the Kylo part works, because yeah. if it's just his voice, that's really not <clears throat> that big of a deal. But um, w- apparently yeah. Ray's the one that gives you the mission, Poe is the one that escorts your shuttle off-planet, quote-unquote, um, where you're picked up by the Star Destroyer, you know, then you meet Kylo, and then I think, I guess, uh, Finn is going to have a part in your escape, because basically you get out of the cell, yeah. find a shuttle, fly that back, and I guess Finn's going to interact somewhere in there. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's It's exciting that they went through the extra step of getting the... I mean, if you've ridden Star Tours, though, it's not that surprising, because John Boyega and Oscar Isaacs did that, but... yeah taking the extra step of making this feel like you're connected to that galaxy still. Because yeah. we know this takes place in-universe, so it's nice to have those extra steps that make it feel like 
Yeah. Poe is going on this mission with me. Ray gave me this mission. It, it feels more real in yeah. that regard. It's also nice to know where in the timeline it matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it takes place after episode eight. Um, and that's all we know right now. Yeah. Um, so it's safe to assume there is going to be a, a time jump. We don't know how much, um, but, you know, we're in that period before episode nine, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really interesting because, I mean, and, and we see all throughout that they're working to make it feel like you're part of the story. Yeah. Um, so... Lots of merchandise. You got all kinds of cool stuffies of different animals, different characters. You can get your buildable lightsaber, so you can build your own lightsaber. Mm -hmm. You can also get legacy lightsabers. Uh, we know one of one of the name drops for the leg legacy sabers was Ahsoka, so you can get Ahsoka's lightsabers. Um, so the legacy sabers are basically to say, hey, we found, you know, these li I don't think they're Obviously, they're still not there. Can you stop doing that? No. I'm excited. <laughs> um, obviously, it's not theirs, but the merchant's trying to make you think, oh, hey, this is the Ahsoka's lightsabers. It's like, yeah. didn't they just buy Ahsoka's lightsabers? No, these are the Ahsoka lightsabers. <laughs> it's like a story I heard on a podcast recently where someone bought a, a supposed impression of a Bigfoot track. Mm-hmm. And the merchant was like, oh, this is the only one I got left, you know. And then he sold another one. Exactly. Yeah. He, he watched the guy surreptitiously, like, pull out another one and put it on the table. <laughs> um, and that's real life. So, yeah, the, uh, and these, the even the basic sabers look nicer than the previous park building sabers. Mm -hmm. um, they look much more real, less chunky, you know childish yeah. they come with cool little stands um you can also build your own um remote controllable droid mm -hmm. which is really cool and you even get a little box for them that looks like the uh build-a-bear box mm -hmm. kind of thing i'm excited um and then uh other merchandise they had now and this is the thing all the merchandise is meant to be in universe so the droids that you're building are meant to be you know real mm -hmm. droids the lightsabers you're buying are meant to be real lightsabers. Um, the stuff you're buying, it's like, hey, I bought a Ray doll. That's because the merchant heard about the stories of Ray and made this Ray doll. Like, they're giving yeah. stories to everything. And in, on top of that, you can also buy recreations of certain relics. Like, you can buy busts of Jedi and Sith. You can get the same statuettes that are up in Palpatine's office. And, like, all kinds of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they also talked a lot about food. So, of course, we got the blue and green milk. We've got a lot of cools. Just, yeah. oh my gosh, I got so hungry looking at all this stuff. I'm incredibly excited that the blue and green milk are dairy-free. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, and it's just another way of them being much more sensitive to, like, we don't want anyone to miss out. Yeah. Um, and, I know yeah. a lot of people, and even the articles, everybody talks about, oh, it's mostly because we don't want people getting sick drinking real milk in heat. But it's also, it's like... If it's real milk, not many people can have it. Mm-hmm. Present. So it's really yeah. nice that they took that extra level of consideration to say, hey, yeah, we're not going to make it milk, so that way you can experience it, and that way you don't get sick. Yeah. You know, uh, because we don't want that. Yeah, I can't wait to set up my Disney dining plan. Oh, yeah. 
That's going to be fun. So, I'm allergic to this. I'm allergic to this. <laughs> I'll die if I eat this. Um, so, yeah. So, again, if you want more in-depth on that, um, you can let us know and we'll do a video. Or you can head over to a number of other sources, including StarWars.com, that detail it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that it's up to you. Um, if it was last week, we probably would have gone ahead and done an done a in-depth video as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it didn't happen. And after a week later, you know, kind of weighing the options of whether or not it's worth it. But if you say it's worth it, we'll do it. So let us know on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, other than that, though, I think that's the news. Yep. All right, so we're going to get a little transmission from the Bacon Clan, and then we'll be back with our special guest, Michael Morisi. Yay! Hey, guys, just wanted to take a minute, obviously, to uh, tell you guys about some Amazon deals. You know how this works. We uh, throw some Amazon goodness at you, and hopefully something sticks. You like it, you buy it, and in turn, you support the show. So, uh, this week we have the usual stuff of Amazon Prime trial, Audible trial, and hey, by the way, uh, Queen Shadow came out today, so if you want to uh, check out the physical copy, we've got a link for that. If you want the Audible copy, we've got a link for that. Um, So check that out in the description if you haven't gotten your uh, copy of Queen Shadow yet. Um, Use the links in the description to do that. Um, Other things that we'll have for you are a link to... Uh, order Wasted Space Volume 1. This is a collection of the first five issues of Wasted Space. If you don't know what that is, that's Michael Morisi's uh, Passion Project comic. Um, it's really great. It's not as family-friendly as Star Wars comics, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of great commentary, and if you want a lot to talk about, um, definitely read Wasted Space and use the link in the description to get it. Um, if you're more into books, Michael Morisi has a couple of those. You can uh, order Black Star Renegades, his first novel, and you can pre-order its sequel, We Are Mayhem. If those titles alone don't get you intrigued, um, it is an amazing Star Wars-esque story that takes everything you think you know about Star Wars and turns it around and expounds upon it. Um, we're going to talk about it a lot more with Michael on the show very soon, but uh, if you hear what, if you like what you hear in the show, then um, there'll be links in the description for you to go order and pre-order those. But I will say that there might be a giveaway in the future for those books, so if you really want them and you don't mind waiting, then you can uh, wait to check out that, but if you just can't wait to get your hands on your next favorite book and comic, then check out any of the links in the description, uh, head over to Amazon, buy those, and you're supporting the show with your purchases. How about that? We are here with the long-awaited special guest, Michael Morisi. Uh, so welcome on to the Nerd Herder Show, man. Hey, yeah, thanks. Happy to be back. All right. And so... Um, this uh we kind of connected uh through your work with star wars adventure comics and um threw it out there not expecting much but dream come true (laughs) you actually decided you wanted to be on our show so uh, yeah we're we're really glad to have you um and and sorry i see you know i'm interrupting i said sorry happy to be back i don't know why i said that um this is the first time we're talking isn't it it is but (laughs) we've we've been connected in spirit for a while so this is just uh this is just the official meeting. <laughs> I'm also a terrible person, so we we'll throw that into mix yeah. here. <laughs> if I've learned anything from wasted space, aren't we all? <laughs> yes. 
Especially the jerk who writes it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a spoiler for what we're going to get into later, but... Um... Yeah, so we, we kind of wanted to talk about, I mean, we're a Star Wars podcast, so we wanted to talk about that. But the awesome thing about kind of discovering your work has been you do a lot of stuff. Uh, you have done a lot of stuff. Um, and so it's been this cool journey of kind of finding out, oh, wow, you wrote for some of our favorite superheroes or you wrote for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun conversation with a little bit of everything really and hopefully um introducing some of our uh followers to more of your work through this terrific yeah sounds like sounds like it's gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be great so how about we start with kind of what got you into writing um you know what what made this your uh career move uh not being uh equipped to do anything else <laughs> would be um uh no i mean i i just i've always been um uh i guess uh, i guess you say creative but yeah i guess you know creative from um since i was a kid you know i i always drew i always wrote my own stories drew you know then ended up drawing my own comics you know from the time i was you know four or five i read started reading really early um and and my I'm lucky my mom's a big reader and so we had a lot of books in, in our house and comics in our house and she was she and my dad were both very um uh supportive of that and um so yeah so I mean I, I had fostered a love of reading and creativity in my house luckily from from a really early young age and uh I just kept going with it through you know grammar school high school writing you know involved in writing short stories and discovering more stuff like you know I found again, you know, Bradbury and McQueen and all, all this great sci-fi stuff alongside, uh, you know, the, the Star Wars novels, which, um, you know, the landmark one, uh, Zahn's came out when I was a tw- when I was 12. And it was one of the, you know, monumental moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they went all through, you know, college and so on. And eventually, uh, you know, about 900 years later, <laughs> morphed into a career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it, it takes the, takes the work, um, at it. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, a young person we know that's like monumental with art and, um, you know, yeah, trying to encourage him to, you know, put in that work to take it to that next level, uh, and whatnot. I mean, it's definitely, it, it's got to take up your time to kind of motivate yourself to continue to do that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what I've always said, you know, I give lots of, um, you know, lots of talks around at libraries and mainly libraries, but, you know, comic shops too, and bookstores. And one of the big things I focus on is to, is to whatever you do to, you know, do it for yourself first and foremost, you know, do it, do it so you're happy, um, and satisfied with what you're doing. You know, people forget, you know, we live in such a commercial culture that like, uh, we forget that art exists for its own sake. You know, and it, it doesn't always have to be something that becomes uh, anything other than what you do and share it with many people that, that are close to you or, or, or don't share it at all. Or, or maybe it gets shared with millions of people. Who knows? But um, it can exist on its own terms. And, and that's OK. Uh, that's that's what art's for, you know, and, um, you know, you do it because you love it. I mean, that's really why I do it. I, I like all the stuff I said, I was fostered at a young age. I had opportunities and kept going with it and put in 
a remarkable amount of work, but I do that because I love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and without that love, you're not going to have that motivation. And, and if I've seen anything from fans of something creating something or someone who loves what they do creating something, it shows just because you put that work into it. Um, And I think that's where a lot of successes take place is not because you necessarily did it be thinking, oh, 10 million people are going to love this and buy this and it's going to be so great, but more because you love what you do and you hope someone else is going to see that and go in that ride. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. For sure. So, um, so what, uh, what prior to, uh, flight of the Falcon and prior to your work with star Wars, what are some of the highlights for you that you've uh, worked on over the years? Um, you know, in comics, um, you know, I, I'm always most, uh, happy or happiest with the stuff that I've done. Um, my own series, uh, Roche Limit is, is a sci-fi trilogy that I did uh, at Image. Uh, that's, you know, past Curse and Burning Fields are two uh, horror things that I did with Boom. Um, um, Hoax Hunters as well with Image. Um, and, and those are things that I, that I always look back um, fondly of. You know, they're, they're imperfect. You know, I still kind of look at them and like anything, you know, you, you kind of look back and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> why did I make that decision? Uh, which goes not only to work, but life as well. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's those things. There's, um, you know, Black Star Renegades is, is my novel, uh, which, I'm, which I'm just really, really happy with and proud of. And um, that's one of the things I look at. And again, I, I, I see the blemishes, but that's something that I really love. So, so yeah, I've had a diverse up until Star Wars, you know, diverse, a lot of different things that, I, that I've done or am doing. Um, you had mentioned Wage of Space, uh, then some, you know, licensed intellectual property work. Um, so I've managed, been lucky and do a lot. Uh, but the things that always stand out to me are things that, that you know, are, are mine in a sense. You know, I share them with the, obviously the artist and stuff like that, but like um, of my creation or part of my creation. Yeah. And, and I can see that because, I mean, it's great to look back at like you know oh i got to write for this really cool character or this cool series but you know when you kind of ground up uh with the work you know when you you kind of lay the infrastructure and and all that stuff i can see how that would be a little bit more gratifying in a way um and i can definitely say that you know it was kind of a learning point for me you know because obviously I discovered you through Star Wars, through uh, the Flight of the Falcon. Um, and then, like I said earlier, kind of digging into your uh, portfolio, it was a nice reminder of, okay, so he's not just a Star Wars guy. You know, yeah. he is a writer that happened to get the awesome opportunity to write for Star Wars. And there's all kinds of other awesome things that he's gotten to do. Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky. I've been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> Um, I think my first comic was published, uh, and this is like a short comic, but it was in 2006. Mm. Uh, so that was, you know, 13 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've managed to do some, some cool stuff along the way. I mean, Star Wars has always been my, my, my Rushmore, you know, right. um, but like, uh, but, I, but I, you know, always, it's always cool to get other opportunities, you know, the, you know, Batman or Superman or 
Planet of the Apes or whatever. Like those are always, those are always really cool stuff uh, that I had a blast doing. But you know, Star Wars is is the pinnacle. Um, I, I, you know, and not just saying that I have the you know Star Wars tattoo on my arm to prove it. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and um, I remember when I found you uh, and started following you on Twitter, I showed my wife because the funny thing is on the opposite arm of uh, where your rebel insignia is she has the death star yeah thought, <laughs> oh really yeah nice yeah so i thought that was funny um well you know what's weird is that i went uh funny enough adding to that um when i got that tattoo i went my, my brother and i went and got tattoos at the same time and i got the 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 rebel on my right uh forearm uh, inner forearm and he got the um empire uh sigil on his left forearm so he got like same size you know matching uh tattoos oh that's that cool yeah yeah it was <laughs> it was fun that's awesome yeah um yeah so uh but yeah i've since since discovering you I, it definitely stood out to me to be more mindful of creators uh portfolios just because like i can't imagine not discovering wasted space now or uh you know black star renegades uh just because it's like if i had just viewed oh it's michael marisi the star wars guy there you know i'm kind of it's kind of lopping off a big part of who you are both creatively and personally and i think fans can tend to do that with you know actors voice actors yeah and and creators in general to say oh they're the star wars person or you know and Mm -hmm. forget so much more about the person um and so i I, for me that was a that was a little kind of standout moment of okay there there's more than just star wars a little bit which is a hot take for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) well cool well cool but you know there there's there's lots of cool stuff i mean like i uh uh, you know chuck uh wendig uh writes you know lots of cool stuff kevin scott uh just lots lots of good stuff claudia gray uh a lot of people in, in the star wars uh you know family so to speak delilah dawson dude does does really cool stuff and uh it's uh it's fun and uh you know i mean it's cool i mean it brought you to waste of space which is you know which i i'm thrilled about and, and, but the good thing is that waste of space is just dirty filthy star wars so. <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> definitely the way that john kind of described wasted space for me was like you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Imagine that, but dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, well, and, I love that. And the way I really got her to uh, read, I think, was when I described the art style, too, because the yes. art of that is just phenomenal. I absolutely love the art style. Um, and I kind of um, described it in a very uh, almost Hellboy-esque way. Yeah. Um, it's just not very rough lines, which I think is really interesting because it's a very rough edged uh, group of characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. yeah, some amazing art through that uh, series as well um, that really stood out. Yeah. 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 I um, uh Hayden, uh, Hayden Sherman is yeah. uh, uh, brilliant. He's brilliant. He's, 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 and it's, it's weird to, to, but you're, it's weird, but it's right. Like the comparison of Mignola. Cause I think that he's a similar guy that like, He's so unique and so much his own voice and perspective, artistically speaking, mm-hmm. that like, I think that no, no, like superhero company would ever know what to do with him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, which is which is kind of tragic, uh, which you know kind of speaks a lot to the to the boxes that they put people in. But like, um, you know, he'll get he'll get big enough, and you know, he'll get like Frank Miller. You know, when they'll just they'll just kind of let him do his thing eventually. Um, but in, in the meantime, like he's just such a he he is his own person, his own style. There's nothing like him, and he is great. He is oh, great. When what was funny is one day I was looking into his art and um, I caught on with some uh, things on his website that he had for Wasted Space. And then like a page over, I found something for uh, covers he did for the Over the Garden Wall comic yes. series. And I was like, this is so pretty. How is this from the same guy? And it was, mm-hmm. so, it was so interesting to see that that turn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely speaks to his his, his specialty and, yeah. and, and his talent. And yeah. it shows that all of us, we might not fit in that box, but we all have something mm-hmm. uh, to offer, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree, for sure. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Star Wars, though. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, for Flight of the Falcon, how much was outlined for you, and how much were you able to do with it? Um, yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it was, it was great because like outlined this, what was outlined for me? There was, there was nothing really. Um, when, uh, we started having these talks, uh, between, you know, Lucasfilm and I and IDW, um, they basically, you know, we knew the structure of the flight of the Falcon was going to be like, you know, Bazine, Natal, um, look, searching for the Falcon between, um, certain, Searching, searching for the Falcons and her journey through this through would be told through the prism of people who had encounters with the Falcon. And those stories would take us back from uh, the Falcon when Lando, the Falcon when Lando still had it Mm -hmm. uh, pre solo to all the way to post a little post the last Jedi. Um, And the only guidelines really were to stay in that timeline, basically, uh, which was, which was great, you know, which was a ton of fun. You know, we got to like, really like, explore uh these these like hidden nooks and crannies and really go for places like so given that like knowing that that was like the uh the structure of it um my my approach was just like i just wanted to do like a bucket list i was like i'm gonna throw out all these stories that i want to tell that like i am certain that they're gonna say no to because like they're they're just weird and so far off the path you know like i'm gonna I'm going to squeeze Embo in here, you know, <laughs> like, um, but that's actually turned out uh, little did I know one of the few times that I made a good decision um, <laughs> that like, that was like the best thing to do because I was talking to Lucasfilm after. So I pitched them and everything went through and they were like, yeah, these five, these five pieces or six pieces ultimately were, were good. We're done. Just go, <laughs> go and do it. And I was talking to them later and they're like, it was so great because they were so crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I think everyone else pitches them like, you know, uh, more, for lack of a better term, like mainstream Star Wars stories, you know, like kind of playing the hits in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've seen that and they've done that. And they probably, you know, in a, in a sense, crave, not that I'm patting myself on the back, but because uh, I did it totally by accident, but like craved what I sent them of like, we're going to do, you know, a you know, uh, like I said, an Embo story. We're going to visit Proxima, see what she's up to. Uh, um, Asian Callus, 
uh, <laughs> and uh, it worked, you know, so so it, it was a it was a nice, um, you know, uh, happy, happy union between like the, the weird stuff I want to do and what they were willing to let happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I, I, I love that because there were so many times when I when you would either tease something or when I would just have to wait to actually read it like proximal even for me. I, I got I was very excited, but I was also very surprised. I was like, oh, Proxima, I thought we were done with her. And having her come back around there in the series, I thought was really fantastic. And uh, I think, yeah, definitely leaning into your, your geekdom uh, for, for that pitch, I think definitely worked, at least for this fan. So, mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, it's funny. Also, like it was like born out of necessity because like when you really think about it, and this is the problem that I encountered too, was like when you get to like, so Bazine is, her journey is taking you through The Last Jedi, right? You know, that's where, mm-hmm. that's where she is. Um, and you think about who is still alive. Right. <laughs> There's not a lot of people. <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to kind of dig around here. I think like, uh, how is Asajj up to you? Oh no, she's dead. You know, uh, what about this person? No, no, I'm dead. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there's not a lot of people who made it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, was there any special research that went into um, writing for those characters? Like uh, for who you decided to pick, was there anything special you had to look into or a- any questions you had that you had to dig out for? Um. There no nothing I w- wasn't normally doing anyway. I'm just like why, well, <laughs> you know, always kind of more or less watching something or reading something Star Wars. I mean, there were sometimes I did mess up the timeline. Like I tried to get, oh, I, I I screwed this up. I tried to get in the last piece, and then we had to change around part five. I don't know if you've have you read part five where um, it's uh, Duquesne. Yes. So where Duquesne runs into the First Order officer at the mm-hmm. end that was supposed to be uh in my mind that was the character from um uh the battlefront 2 uh mm-hmm. game um who uh what's her uh Versal's dad um uh, uh, i forget oh. his name that's who i yeah that's who i wrote that as but he really? also was dead yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's so many dead people that would have been so Jeez. interesting though yeah i mean i try i i I took for granted how close that game takes place to like Return of the Jedi. I thought it was, I thought it was closer, like his part, I thought it was closer. And I forget the name of that planet where, where, you know, Aiden goes and the, the pivotal plan of the game, I'm forgetting the name, but all that stuff. Um, so the flashbacks, Duquesne's part is much closer to force awakens. Gotcha. And that part with Aiden's dad is much closer to Return of the Jedi. And I just, so I, I didn't quite thread that needle and I'm still kicking myself. Uh, I should have like looked at that deeper, but um, that was what was intended. Uh, and I had like, was like poking around trying to figure that out. And, and I ended up doing it, I ended up doing it wrong anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Lucasfilm been, caught it. Yeah. That would have been really cool though. Um, I will say with Duquesne though, he was another one that was a surprise for me because I, and I think part of it is because the cover um, the the variant flight of the falcon cover that has him and Han and Chewie all that misled me because going in I was expecting I mean this is the guy that stole the falcon so I was like okay I'm not gonna like this dude he's not gonna be a nice guy 
but you kind of flip that around a little bit. And um, I thought that was an in- interesting way to take the character and uh, an interesting way to represent his growth. Um, you know, that, that line in the end of him uh, deciding to go to the resistance. I was, I was just, I was surprised by that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the story. One of the ones I really enjoy because like, you know, first of all, like being able to like really tell a, a missing piece of canon, which is the, which is the only one. I mean, all the other four, four that I had done were um, just stuff that I kind of made up and, and was squeezing between the cracks where this is actually uh, um you know, a gap that exists uh, that that has been mentioned in canon. Um, so it was cool to be able uh, to be able to tell that story, um, but it was also cool to kind of give a little bit more of a depth because you think like, you know, because of like where we were coming from from uh, Jakku and all the kind of uh, shady people associated with that and the Falcon being stolen. You think you kind of assume you know the worst kind of character, you know, the the scum and villainy, and, and in a way, Duquesne kind of is but also is like you know really sympathetic because the story is about like the falcon the falcon's legendary status and you would think that somebody who would you know covet that you know why would they want it why would they want a legend you know why does anybody want to be like you know take a picture with a a celebrity and and post on instagram because you want to be kind of uh get get that proxy you know fame in a way and and that's that's a very common uh motivation and that's what's duquesne you know he just wanted to be somebody and the quickest way to be somebody is to get close to something or someone that is already somebody or something and um you know i I like doing that for him i thought that was that i thought that was a cool story to write yeah and 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 i definitely appreciate that more than just having another you know scum and villainy dude who did a bad thing and and I think the representation it has for even us as Star Wars fans, you know, it it speaks to that desire that we have. And I think why so many people love Star Wars is that we're kind of all Duquesne. We're all, you know, wanting to be uh, Luke Skywalker or be Princess Leia or be Han Solo. You know, we want to be those kind of characters in our own story. Um, and there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And the wrong way is to steal the Falcon. <laughs> basically. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent point. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's true. You know, like, I mean, I, even I like writing it, like I want to be Timothy's on, you know, like I, that's, you know, where I want to go. Like, Ben, I mean, obviously I'm not going to, I don't want to kidnap Timothy's <laughs> on. That would be wrong. Not that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't check my base. <laughs> so like we said this wasn't your first time writing for star wars um you wrote star wars tales from far far away as a fan series and do you want to share a little bit about that one oh yeah sure yeah i um i had done it uh two years ago my my friend uh uh tim daniel and i who's off my often you know collaborator um and and we 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 had this idea it was right when force awakens was coming out and we're like well we're we're such star wars fans and we just wanted to do something we're just like let's just like have some fun and the thing though about making comics like it's it's easier for us as writers you know it's easier for us to like write a script and and to do that work than it is for for an artist to dedicate the time to draw it and colors to color etc so we were like well we can't pay because like money really can't change hands because that's like 
that's a that's a no no right. um, when you're doing like a fan comic. That's that gets you into legal problems. <laughs> um, so uh, so we're like we're just gonna put out a call and be very you know open and honest and say hey, like we want we love Star Wars or we're hyped for this new movie. Does anybody want to do a fan comic with us? You know, calling for artists. You know, I mean, we just did like eight pages the first time around, eight pages each, mm-hmm. and we were just bombarded with artists who were like, yes, yes, absolutely, let's do it. You know, like immediately, and it was so awesome and um so you know we just it was just our passion project and our first one uh tim wrote uh a really good obi-wan uh story that that i thought that that was tons of fun of him on tattooing um i did a um bubble fed bosk that uh doesn't really make any sense (laughs) (laughs) i like i love it anyway the idea that like you know i don't want to spoil it in case anybody reads it but it's it ties into Jedi and, you know, Jabba's barge and all that. But um, I, I will, I'll so we did my that. Favorite. I love it. <laughs> oh, really? it also keeps my Boba boy alive. So <laughs> that's all I wanted. I'm like, how do we keep him alive? It's like, what if it wasn't him? Uh, yeah. You know, even though there's no way Bosk fits into that suit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I remember I was like, man, that helmet is bigger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, I took some liberties and I was like, well, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and then we did it again the next year and um, uh, expanded. We each did a couple stories. Like I did Inquisitor one and, um, and Ahsoka and, and um, Kunlun Voss uh, team up, which, you know, if you're going to go for it, it's like the stories, the, the Flight of the Falcon stories. If you're going to go for it, go for yeah. it. I'm going to put Quinlan Voss and Ahsoka together and just see what happens. <laughs> so, so yeah, they were fun. And, and people, like I said, artists came out and, you know, did it. And we were, we were lucky to get good collaborators. And, and it's crazy. Those things were downloaded. And I haven't checked in a long time. The last I checked, they're downloaded like 60,000 times, which is bananas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so... Yeah. And that's still out there, right? That's still downloadable. It's still accessible. Yeah, no, the links. I never, I've never changed anything. So as far as I know, those links are still on my, um, still on my drive. They still work. So they, yeah, they should be. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, more people check that out. Like I said, I have my favorites and whatnot. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that goes back to you know you doing what you love, and it comes through, and it's just. It it doesn't work. It's not canon. It doesn't make sense, but it's fun. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Is it doesn't have to make sense? <laughs> well, it's faking in space, so exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and hopefully, can we expect to see more Maurice Star Wars in the future? Um, potentially. Uh, I, I think. I don't know how much I can say, yeah, but it looks like it. it yes. Is, is there an anthropomorphic mouse holding a gun to your head, preventing you from answering? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I believe so, but I, I, I probably can't say too much. Um, but yeah, that's my, I mean, either way, I mean, that's my dream. Like I want to keep writing comics and uh, I want to write a book, you know, I'm not going to stop till they give me one. And um uh, <laughs> They know that <laughs> they'll they'll relent eventually. Uh, yes, they'll <laughs> give in to the Maurice power. Um, exactly. Yeah, I I mean, especially after reading uh, Black Star Renegades, I would love to see you tackle a book, and if it's about IG eighty eight and Hot Callus, even better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I would. Oh, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> that'd be so much fun. What a what a, like a team up that would be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, you know, when you when you first showed off like, or IG88 was coming to fly to the Falcon. Yeah. That that was so awesome because. Yeah. I, mean, I freaked out. Yeah. IG88 <laughs> is my absolute favorite Star Wars character. Really? Yes. Oh man. Like, how did you feel about like? him talking finally because that was in um i mean we actually heard him talk for the first time in the uh what's it called uh, it's the forces of destiny right yeah yes yeah. exactly exactly i mean i was cool with it <laughs> i mean i kind of in my mind keep him as the silent death bot but <laughs> yeah i understand that that's not everybody's dream I mean, I always imagined he sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger, so. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, when I remember, I liked that um, it was a little different than, I think we got IG-90 in the, I think it was Doc, was it Darth Vader or Dr. Aphra? It was Dr. Aphra. Dr. Aphra. Wait, no, it was both. One of those. Uh, <laughs> and he had, uh, it was much more computery like it was much more like yeah. you know uh ones and zeros re- response you know yeah it, it was it was very i was glad that ig88 was much more casual yeah. with dialogue <laughs> while still being droidish yeah yeah i mean if i it's it makes it easier you know to write i mean there's there is something to be said about like uh like contrast like if he, if he were you know like absolutely like kind of just droidish and stiff, you know, in a way uh, that you can kind of play that off of somebody who um, is a bigger personality. Um, so, but also giving him, you know, a little bit of flexibility, excuse me, a little bit of flexibility to, um, to kind of, uh, uh, you know, have his own personality a little is, is, is pretty nice too. And I try not to push that too far because we don't really know enough. I don't yeah. feel like, yeah. so that's, that's tough. Oh Yeah. I mean, if, if Legends were still a thing, and, and I yeah. think I like, you know, the way Forces of Destiny and you handled it in that it's still droidish, but not, like you said, stiff. It's not as um, protocol because yeah. at least from Legends, we know he, I mean, IG-88 exists because he's not completely under programming. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I felt like that still came through of, okay, how can a droid be a bounty hunter like you know and not be programmed like no one's telling him to take this bounty or that bounty it's 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 him yeah um and so i think that worked and i think i just love the concept of self-sufficient droids mm-hmm. i think that's why i loved uh l3 in solo so much is because yes you decide your own fate you do what you like i enjoy this mm-hmm. yeah yeah i do too i mean i think that like um it, it adds a cool wrinkle um to it um but then it, but also there's like weird potential of like okay how far do you do that and like talking about sentience and mm-hmm. like all this stuff which l3 kind of started to like yeah interesting broach interestingly broach but then you're also like Ooh, what do you do with this <laughs> um, well I, I love her line though when she's talking to kira of like her and lando it's like it could work but no. Yeah. And, and here's <laughs> confusion of like, how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting how far we take it. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
it, it's nice because, you know, droids have kind of been one of those elements, I think, for Star Wars that has always been a, we pretty much understand how yeah. it works. I mean, R2 is an outlier a little bit, but yeah. for the most part, we get droids. Mm-hmm. But IG-88 and L3 are those factors of like, yeah. no, we don't quite get it. Yeah. Um, you know, it keeps it keeps it fresh and interesting. Yeah, I'm still holding on to the legend story of uh, IG-88 downloading his consciousness into the Death Star literal moments before it's destroyed. <laughs> it's my favorite Star Wars story. Yeah, no, that's, oh, that's such a good one. I miss the legends. Oh, oh yeah. There's, there's so many good ones. Um, I mean, I could see why they cut it. That, that The legends, the, that line, the books were robust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I can see how they had to like cut it, but there are some things like that, like many, many legends that uh, I, I I definitely miss. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when um, we we're gonna talk about uh, later in our our Q and A about like our favorite weird part of Star Wars, and mine is you know uh, Palpatine's triclop son um, yes. from Legend. <laughs> I was appalled and confused. And yeah, it's one of those mo- moments where for every time that I'm like, oh man, I miss Legends. This was so great. I also am like, I'm glad that's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you described to me the, the Yuuzhan Vong as Hellraiser in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and yeah. so there's, there's times when I'm, I, I'm grateful, but I'm all, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I agree. Um, so let's talk Wasted Space. Uh, because that's my new favorite comic. <laughs> cool. Um, and and it, it recently returned with uh, issue six, and um, I'm bummed I haven't gotten to uh, issue seven yet um, just because it hasn't shown up on Comixology. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. I try. I looked into it, but sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, I, it would be solved if my local comic book shop would just carry Wasted Space, but apparently yeah. uh, it doesn't, but how how did that wacky uh, brainchild come about? Um, true to Billy, um, <laughs> drugs really. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, so in a much more innocuous way, God, um, what happened? So I, I was having these conversations uh, to up to like the weeks leading to like the inception of Waste of Space. So this. Something was on my brain, like percolating. I was talking to my friends, and I'm just like, you know, fellow comic creators. So I'm like, man, you know, comics just doesn't make books like that, like are 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 in your face and vulgar and loud and, and not always correct, you know. And I was like, man, we just, I, I wish there was more comics like like you know that you know great period of vertigo in the 90s and 2000s of preacher or unknown soldier or scout or whatever you know those books that just like grab you in some way by the lapels and and give you a good shake you know yeah. mm-hmm. comics are safe you know comics it's weird because there's there's a lot of talk about like co- comics being political um and, and i kind of stay out of that fray because i'm just like I have my opinions. And if you read Waste of Space, I think you probably know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I even, I feel like the, you know, the quote unquote political comics, like it's really low hanging fruit. <laughs> you know, Like it's really like, like Billy even says in the book, like saying things that are clearly evil, calling them evil. Like it's, it's not much of a statement, you know, it's like, we know, <laughs> you know, like that doesn't make you kind of, anyway, that's kind of a tangent. 
the point is that like looking at the comic landscape, I was like, you know, there's just nothing that is like really rattling cages in any way. And I was like, I, that is what I love. So I had this on my mind and it was, uh, gosh, I mean, two years ago, I guess now, something like that, uh, Christmas morning. And I was so sick. I, I was just remarkably, remarkably sick. Um, and, um, you know, I have two kids, so there's no, it's not like just go chill in bed and it'll be fine. You know, right. like I had to function in some capacity. So I remember going to Walgreens and I had to go to my in-laws. So I was also grumpy. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I remember going to Walgreens. They were open on Christmas and we were going there Christmas morning and just like buying like all the drugs. And <laughs> like, I just, just loaded up. It's like however much like I can feel like I can feasibly take. And I remember honestly, like driving to my in-laws, like a good 45 minute hour drive and the kids fell asleep in the car because they're all like hyped up in the morning and tired. And I was just sick and grumpy and, you know, cold medicined up. And it like waste of space came to me like all within like half hour. Like wow. it was never happens like that ever. <laughs> um, but for some reason that time it did. I mean, not like, start to finish but a very very concrete sense to build off of uh right. billy dust who had a different name i forget it was deacon was his name the dust is better but um so yeah that 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 was born like then and i i worked on the coming weeks or months or however long and um I, it's with vault comics at the time i harry pitched vault a different sci-fi book and we were going back and forth and like how to make this work and i was like ah, like I'm just kind of not feeling it as much as this thing. And I, and I showed it to Volve. I showed it to the editor there, Adrian. Uh, it's like, I've got this thing, Wasted Space. I'm not sure if you're going to want to publish this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and he saw it. He got back to me the next day. He's like, this is what we're doing. He's like, this is it. <laughs> like, we're doing it. Uh, so, and it, you know, it took off from there. That's, I mean, that yeah. that sounds right for Wasted Space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> What I'm hearing is next time I have writer's block, Robitus. <laughs> Lots of it. Yeah, whatever whatever the suge suggested amount, you know, just, just pedal to the metal, you know. Right. They, they, need a bar, they need a bar on it that says, you know, uh, this is for optimal health and this is for writing wasted space. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, lot more. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that series... Uh, it it really does grab you and take you crazy places. And it's not, I mean, there's entertainment in it and there's also a uh, very deep cutting and very abrasive commentary. And I mean, all the while you're just loving it. Like, you know, I, I, I coming from my perspective, because um, I mean, you get so many varying degrees of awesomeness from, I think it was, I think it was a preview shown of issue seven where it talks about Sisyphus, I think. Um, and that commentary in, in a very Billy fashion is also very deep and inspiring, but also very uh, cynical. Mm -hmm. And so you've got that great commentary going. And then you have Dusk slaughtering a bunch of dudes while naked. <laughs> uh and then, oh, and I remember I got one of my friends to read Wasted Space because I sent him 
a screenshot of the page when I think it's Omega's the big black red bad guy. Um, he's like observing, and there, it's like he's watching uh, these parents and their kid, and he's commenting on how terrible kids are, and then uh, basically kills a puppy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, it was that that escalated so quickly. <laughs> Yeah, loved um, him to death. <laughs> but I, but I loved that. You know, again, that commentary of how things get loved to death, and 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 it just takes this whole another side sideway. Like, I mean, you don't spend a whole lot of time with that, but I can journey with that on on my own. Of, dang, that's basically a lot of consumerism in in a way of just, you know, getting more and more and more and more and more of this thing until what you love about that thing is no longer there. I mean. Oh gosh! I mean, I, I I can I can only imagine Robitussin. Uh, <laughs> like it makes so much more sense how you can how you have so many degrees in in one series. I believe this is called Robo tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's got to be called something, right? <laughs> um, well, thanks, thank you. I mean, that's I mean, that's the goal. Like, I want it to be fun and crazy and weird, but also I want it to be you know, for lack of a better term, at least try to be, you know, profound and have something to say. I mean, like, I similarly did uh, that in, in my series, Roche Limit, which is another, you know, sci-fi series. But it wasn't nearly as fun. It didn't have, like, that kind of uh, gonzo aesthetic to it. But mm. also, like, I was at the core of it trying to, you know, explore some philosophical stuff that I'm interested in. I, I read philosophy. I enjoy it. I think about all matter of these things existentially, culturally, um, um, and that's what I wanted to, to do, but also have compelling characters, you know, like I love our cats. I love Molly and Dust and Billy. And I think that they're all in a way like broken people, but also hopeful people, um, who all have, you know, different things to say. And sometimes they don't get along. And sometimes like, I don't get along. I don't get, along. I don't agree with everything that Billy says, but like, that's what art is. Art is conflict, you know, art is, uh, um, you know, putting you in a position where you have to think if only to reinforce the things that you believe. And that's, that's important. That's important to do. I think we, we live in this echo chamber now where we're just hearing what we already know all the time. Mm. You know, it's important to like, re remember that like, you can disagree, you can like hear things that don't quite fit with what you think. But if nothing else, like I said, it can reinforce what you already know or like make you think about it in a slightly different way. And that's, those are healthy, good things. Yeah. And, and I think the beauty of wasted space is that none of that is lost, even with the abrasiveness of characters like Billy and, and whatnot, you know, and I think if anything, that makes it more real because it's not as refined as, some Star Wars characters are sometimes. It's not as refined as uh, most storytelling that's consumed. I, I think the rough edges give it a reality because we all kind of have those rough edges, you know, like you said. And, and all of the different characters having their own, you know, rubs, it's, okay, I can see myself in Billy, but somebody else can see themselves in Molly and, and so forth and so on. And it, it creates this window for really everybody to come in and sit at a table of, you know, different weird opinions, um, you know, while also just admiring a blue pretty boy. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's my hope, you know, and I hope to do it in practice. That's just fun. You know, I don't want to be preachy. You know, I don't want to sit there and, you know, wag my finger at people. I see so many so much art, you know, so much comics that 
you know, when they get political, they're just, they're just, you know, wagging their finger at people. And it's just like, well, you're never going to change hearts and minds by telling people how wrong they are. You know, like that's, that's not how it works. So, you know, my, my people, the people that I love are, you know, and I mentioned before Vonnegut or Bradbury or Phil K. Dick, like first and foremost, first and foremost, always great stories, great stories first. And then everything they had to say was the layer beneath that. They told just wonderful stories. And then you read them, you're like, huh, that made me think about this. Or that made me think about that. And they see so much art that's now it's like the message first. And yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have a plot in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) You know? And I don't think that works. I don't think that as a political artistic statement, I don't think that works. You know, I think art is more, most powerful when art is art, when it's, when it's engaging, when it's, when it's, giving you something that is entertaining and fun. And then that captivation leads you to the next level. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, people are already going to see in a way what they want to see. I mean, that's already going to happen no matter what your intended message is. And I mean, you know, we see that with star Wars where a lot of people want to say, this is the way star Wars is and what it means, but there's also people that see what they want to see. And sometimes that's positive. Sometimes that's negative, but it's going to happen. So you might as well make the ride fun and recognize and capitalize on the fact that, you know, along the way, people are going to read it this way. Some people are going to read it this way. Some people are going to like Billy. Some people are not going to like Billy and so forth and so on. Yeah. Um, And sometimes you, sometimes you might like Billy one page and you might dislike on the next page. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. (laughs) Like this, we have this, you know, baby with the bath bar mentality, you know, like, you know, they, we see it with Last Jedi. Last Jedi is either the worst movie ever made oh. or it's the best movie ever made. Right. It's, it's kind of neither. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. and that's okay. You know, we don't have to live in, a, in an extreme, you know, currency. You know, we can say uh, there's some of it that worked, maybe some of it didn't. Uh, but, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody made that intending to make you mad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, it's okay. Yeah. And, and, and I love that you bring that up because, I mean, that's just, that's definitely something I think that our culture, Star Wars fan or otherwise, definitely needs to learn is that, you know, it doesn't have to be polarized. It doesn't yeah. have to be all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, everything from politics to where you pick fast food restaurants, none of it has to be like, yeah. you like it or you don't, and there's no in between. I mean, and we talked about that recently because of the whole, like, you know, Megan loves Star Trek and um, I love Star Wars and people always kind of want to pit that against each other. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh boy. It's like, I, well, it doesn't help that we, it doesn't help for the longest. We said the biggest conflict in our marriage was, uh, you know, Star Trek versus Star Wars, but yeah. specifically <laughs> who would win in a dog fight, the Millennium Falcon versus the Enterprise. Oh. Yeah, I say if it's the Enterprise uh, from the next generation, it would win. But we're not going to start that argument right now. <laughs> yeah, I have to give I have to give that some real thought. I don't know. That's that's a close call. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no <right>. comment. <laughs> uh, so, let's talk some of your projects that you've been teasing, because I must know what is this exciting horror comic that you've mentioned here and there. Because I want to read it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, we will. We will all find out. Uh, it's coming out in the fall, so I guess in the summer. Um, I would say that 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 kind of gets properly introduced. Um, 
that's um that would be my time frame for that mm. yeah but it's coming and that's also a tim daniel i mentioned before him and i are um uh teaming up again to do that and uh it's um it's kind of like if um how can i say it like a hill hill housey kind of a uh, familial horror in a way mm. Yeah, with a kind of a really weird mythology that we've never seen in that kind of haunted house story before. Ooh. Tim and I have been working on this for a long time. Oh boy, that sounds like that's been marinating. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. I I am too. Yeah, yeah, we're big we're big horror fans, um, and so uh, when you started uh, talking about that, I think it was in your year in review blog, as when I first read it. Um, and since then, we've just kind of been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh. throwing back and forth ideas. Like, could it be a fan of, like, could it be a, a horror anthology? Could it be something like that? Like, I don't know. I want uh, to know. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a full-blown series. It's, uh, it's looking like eight issues, eight, eight okay. big issues, like oversized issues that we're doing. That's, um, that's good because there's nothing like, you know, um, we talked a lot uh, last year about Kevin Scott's um, Tales from Vader's Castle series. Um, oh, that so series good. was one that worked so well in what was done. But, I mean, it was basically Star Wars Crypt Keeper kind mm -hmm. of Yeah, style. I loved it. And it, everyone left wanting more. You know, it, mm -hmm. it could go so much further. Um, and, and certainly not in the way of milking it dry, but definitely uh, if that I think had a little bit more room, I mean, would have been amazing. So knowing that mm -hmm. you guys are giving yourself a good bit of room for this story, um, especially if it's as big of a cookie as it sounds like, um, I think, I think that's better. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not backing yourself in a corner, I guess is what is that? No, we're, we're pretty carefully plotted, like where, like what we want to do with it. We're like, okay, it's going to be, this is, this is what the story is. And we put it into um, the size that, that we needed. Uh, Cause you're right. You're like, you can get yourself into a corner. It's like Waste in Space was kind of, um, I guess in a corner, I felt like we originally wanted to do like eight or nine, maybe 10 issues. Mm -hmm. Um and then I ended up doing really well, uh, luckily, and now we're doing, like, at least 20, and, like, it's weird. It's weird how it goes sometimes, because, like, I can't imagine it being 10 now. Like, right. I, I, you know, like, I just, there's no way. Like, even 20 now, is like, ugh, I don't know. Maybe we'll do 25 or 30. Who, like, who knows? Like, right now, we're just kind of looking to the next five issues, but, like, it's, it's weird how, like, um, how that works, you know? Like, if you, you can always, you can always do more. Hopefully, that's that's when you know you have something good when you can do something more. And Tales of Vader's Castle is certainly uh, something that they can do more. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Kevin does does next year for Halloween or something like that oh, uh, yes. give us some more. Well, and yeah, and we and we had talked about like if that definitely becomes like the Star Wars Halloween tradition, we are fine with that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be pretty fantastic. It's interesting though that you mentioned like going to twenty for wasted space because you know. Um, I definitely feel like the first five issues were so packed and, and, and fast paced. I was, I, I mean, I knew definitely it was going to get another five, but um, you know, 
imagining going another 15. I can't imagine. It, it has to be a heck of a ride. Yeah, it's going to get weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there is, uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to do, like I said. Like, and I always had five planned where it ended. You know, I think it's a surprising end. But I also want it to be like... The ending was really intentional, uh, and and if you're if you haven't read it, you know just just like unplug your headphones for like two minutes or whatever. But like, um, <laughs> you know, killing killing Yam was always the point. Like the point was that Yam doesn't matter. You know, like he never mattered. He's just an emblematic of everything that's you know messed up. And like he was never like, um, you know, there's never any big bad guy in life. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a system. It's a culture. It's it's the way things work. Like, so Yam wasn't a bad, he wasn't, certainly wasn't a good guy, but like it was his death didn't solve, yeah, his death didn't solve anything, you know? Yeah, well, and, and I mean, that was another one for me that, that came way quicker than I expected, but at the same time, like, the story progressed without that and without really lingering on that, and it also still felt right. Um, and I think that's just, I, I think that's just good writing in the sense of, it keeps you interested as long as you need to be interested and then gets to the next thing, to the next question, the next big piece. Um, and so, and I think that's what I love about it in the sense, because yeah, I, I was, you know, jumping in, I was like, okay, this is the guy, you know, this is the, the, the guy that's, uh, you know, um, taking control of people and misrepresenting this whole weird religion and all this other stuff exploiting people blah 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 so he's going to be the bad guy and then that was quickly resolved (laughs) yeah 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 there's um i mean in a certain sense of like um i don't want to say this i'll reveal it too much um just a certain sense of like what is uh the cause of of strife and problems stuff like that i think we like to pin it on you know, figureheads. It works both ways, you know, same thing in Black Star Renegades where it was like a, you know, the book had a, you know, kind of taking down uh, or at least deconstructing the Messiah complex. And I think this is, it works both ways for the anti-Messiah, like, you know, that, that one person can save us or one person can doom us. And um, that's not really the way, you know, like it, it has to do like the, the, the solutions and the problems are, are, are far more deeply rooted than just one, one sole person. And, um, you know, and I also like to upend like expectations, you know, I like to upend the idea that like, you know, in wasted space, um, the idea that like, it's going to be a real, real plot driven thing. Like there is a plot, but like, it's more concerned with character and, and the things that they talk about than actually like, you know, what are the Angonians going to do? I'm like, I don't know, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like the galaxy that's strife, it's probably always at strife. Yeah, well, and I think that's a a really great commentary because yeah, I mean you're right. We we get caught up that if we do, if we do this thing, it's all gone. It's all good, you know. If we take out this person, or if this person, you know, if we remove this person from office, or if we get this person to leave their job, then it'll all work out. And and it's it's a lot deeper than that. Um, but you mentioned Black Star Renegades, and where. Wasted Space subverted my expectations. Black Star Renegade did even more. And I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned both the Messiah and Anti-Messiah kind of uh, uh, story drive of, you know, you've got the chosen one and then you've got the evil one. And 
I really don't want to spoil that for people because I I want people to go and get this book and read it for themselves, especially if they love Star Wars. But what what was it like for you to not only take on the the idea of kind of challenging the messianic kind of story element, but also the you know, taking the, the bad guy and really unfolding them as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that, um, particularly with the bad guy, with Gahali, like, I wanted to make it seem, like, one of the important things to me was to show how, like, systems and, and, and I don't know, cultures, I guess, can be their own worst enemy sometimes. You know, you can make the devils that you are trying to stop. Um, and that's what happened with, you know, in Black Star Rings with the well. And, uh, you know, I won't say how, but they definitely had, they were complicit in making the very villain and, and galactic tyranny that they're supposed to be fighting, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I mean, it's, we see so, similar with, with like, uh, with, with Star Wars a lot, you know, with like the, in Last Jedi, even in the prequels, you know, like the tragic tale of, uh, of Anakin is very, you know, Shakespearean. And it's like, if, if like Yoda and Mace Windu arguably like paid better attention to him, weren't so like afraid and, and dismissive of him, that could have gone a, a lot of different ways, you know, like, um, so they had a hand in that. And I think that's acknowledged in Last Jedi. And um, it's the same thing that I wanted to do, not replicating that, but I think that's an interesting angle of like, of, of storytelling um, mm-hmm. for me and developing character. And that's what really kind of made Gahali the villain uh, more complex is that like, you know, the things that happened to her, she's not just evil. Like she, she is, she's bad and she's wrong. But also you're like, when you see her perspective, you're like, I kind of get it. You know, I kind of get where you're coming from. I would be pissed too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, I think you need that for villains. Like, I don't want, you know, just mustache twirling, like, you know, like, you know, if, if you want to do that, you really have to do, like, you have to go Emperor Palpatine, like just, just so over the top evil. And it can work if you do that. But otherwise, I think, I think you deserve to to your to your readers and to those characters you 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 owe it to them to make it uh, more complicated and um so that was my that was what i wanted to do with that and also like tying into that you know two sides of the same coin of like of like you know the way anti-messiahs are born and the way messiahs are kind of like the peril of you know wanting relying on the lone soul hero to come in and fix everything you know which again it's the last Jedi thing. Black Star Rangers came out a year before. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know what Ryan Johnson reads. <laughs> or maybe it was like the same. Wait, no, 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 no. Okay, Last Jedi came out like a no, like three weeks before that. I, I confused it. Yes, Last Jedi was first, but like you know, there's no way I could copy it. <laughs> but like, it was like the same thing. Like Luke's whole thing of like, you expect me to like take down the whole first door with a laser sword, like. Mm-hmm. that's like the heart of black star about like this whole idea of like one person can really, you know, like that's, that's so I'm playing a lot. And again, like you said, I don't want to spoil what that is, but like, I'm playing a lot with like that idea of um, um, 
the dangers of of a messiah and and what we surrender in expecting every one person to fix all our problems definitely and and i think that's what's so great well, i mean because you do what was done with vader in three films in your first book in um in terms of really stretching out and gi- and giving this depth of okay vader wasn't always vader he was he wasn't always this evil dude there was something more there and at that same time you know taking this element from both you know there's our cat Um, (laughs) nice both you know the jedi kind of saying hey anakin go destroy the sith you're you're the chosen one you're gonna do this and uh you know there's so many great elements and i think that's what i loved about it but i also loved that it was also very not star wars as well because i don't want people to hear this all and think okay so it's basically another version of star wars you know i think there's so much in there as well that's so uh so different uh and and you start to get into this okay i feel the star wars themes but then you subvert that as well going against the oh you thought there was going to be a chosen one kind of thing um and i mean yeah it just it really had me enthralled um from page one i def and and then getting you know you were nice enough to send us an early copy of your second book um we are mayhem uh and when and when is that coming out again that is uh april 9th i believe if that's a tuesday i can actually i'm on my phone i can check my calendar yeah that is april 9th yes april 9th so very soon awesome so yeah so i'm um I'm just starting to get into uh, that now. Um, and uh, the, the good thing is you're coming back in about a month uh, to the show. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we'll have a lot more to talk about with that. Um, definitely spoiler free and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I'm so excited to uh, continue to where that's going uh, in that series. Now, how, how far are you thinking you're going to go with that? Is this going to be a trilogy of books or is mayhem kind of the end? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, that's a good question. Um, right now uh, I'm not writing a third one. Uh, it depends, uh, depends on really the success of the first two. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I'm actually working on a different um, uh, space novel uh, that I'm re- very early in. Um, but um it just, yeah it depends on the success i mean hopefully i would love to do a third one or spin off like i love to do like a like a, a kira story or a mig and forkel story you know I, i'd love love to do more uh of that universe so much but you know it just depends uh on how how it goes so far it's going well i mean the, the first book has been out for uh black star has been out for like a little a year um, so it's hard to gauge exactly, but it had a good first year and now the paperback's out. Um, so that's good. And now, you know, mayhem, we are mayhem is, is just around the corner. And, um, you know, if, if there is a sense that like, there is a, I don't know, a demand for more, so to speak, then more will happen gladly. Uh, so it's just a matter of time of seeing, seeing where we land. I mean, so far, so far I could say having talks with my editor, that it's definitely possible. Like the door is open. It's just a matter of uh, if they want to explore it, if I want to explore it. Um, so I think that's just something that'll probably be decided like at the end of this year, probably as a good gauge for that. 
That's awesome. Um, and well, hopefully you've got more readers now um, from our show. Uh, and the cool thing is, um, again, you've been gracious enough to uh, do a giveaway with us. So uh, mm-hmm. in the next few weeks, we're actually going to share more information about that. But uh, our listeners will actually be able to get Black Star Renegades and We Are Mayhem. Uh, and so hopefully that'll lead to uh, a lot more fans of that awesome uh, series for you as well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that, and I think you said it right. I think like if you love Star Wars, you, you'll love it. It's not, you know, I always lean in hard to the Star Wars thing because I love it and it is a huge inspiration. But like, and I say this all the time, like it definitely is its own thing. It's not like Star Wars, just the serial numbers filed off, you know? And uh, I'm glad you point that out because I, I like to like, I like to make sure that's known. It is kind of a deconstruction of Star Wars and um, a kind of a different look at the same kind of heroes hero's journey you know cam cambellian uh storytelling and it's you know it's a fun adventure in space that's it (laughs) yeah (laughs) what's not to love and and i mean and so yeah and and that's the great thing about and i think that's why it was such a great gateway for me into more of your work because you know wasted space is very star wars even with a lot of cynicism and robitussin and (laughs) you know black star renegades and we are mayhem is a lot of Star Wars expounded on those far more interesting and subverting elements of the story of uh, of a hero. And so having the familiarity will definitely get someone in there. If you already love Star Wars, it you'll your radar will be pinged. And then you're going to just go down the wormhole. Um, wormhole. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll definitely, it'll definitely suck you, suck you in. Uh, and You'll just yes. keep bugging uh, Michael for more and more and more. So, <laughs> yeah, like fingers that. crossed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we kind of get to the end here, um, each week we kind of ask our uh, followers a couple of Star Wars related uh, questions on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And we wanted to kind of ask you those and get, get your answers to those because uh, I think some of it would be a little fun. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So. There's a lot. Star Wars has inspired a lot. Obviously, you know that you, it's inspired you to do a lot. But um, there's everything from Black Star Renegades to Spaceballs to you know Robot Chicken specials. What is your favorite Star Wars inspired or spoofed content? Oh boy! Oh man! <laughs> that's a that's a good one. I mean, Spaceballs is up there. Um, God, there's so many like Krull is clearly uh you know guardians of the galaxy the film i mean that might be i don't know that might be a cop-out in a way because guardians of the galaxy you know exists in comics and stuff but that movie you know james gunn's vision was clearly clearly inspired by star wars and the ragtag team and and, and mm-hmm. yeah. all that stuff so i i would uh, in a pinch i would say guardians of the galaxy the the Sorry, that was my phone ringing. <laughs> oh, you're good. The Empire <laughs> tone. Did you hear that or no? <laughs> no. Oh, just okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it happened to us er- earlier too. That's the that that's the one difficult thing about Anchor is I wish it would just uh, cut down other things. You know, like notifications, all that other stuff. Just be like, hey, you know, recording a Star Wars podcast. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
is it's so great and i'll have to say i was that guy i knew nothing about that when the trailer first dropped for that and i'm like really that's what marvel's doing now i was like this is so weird you you know you 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 trade chewy for a raccoon and you trade chris pratt for han solo and then you got guardians of the galaxy um i mean and i wasn't i don't feel like i was too far off in a way but man if if it wasn't well done uh and you know i haven't read the comics so i can't compare but um Def, that's definitely a fun ride, and you, and like you said, you do you do see those elements. Um, I guess it depends on how how and what you're entertained by by the spoof. Because definitely for me, Spaceballs is like one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. And I always remember because growing up, like my mom like my mom pretended to like Star Wars because I liked Star Wars, um, and it was really funny because she would actually mix Spaceballs and Star Wars. Uh, together um, if she wasn't careful (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, she'd all she'd constantly call it the Schwartz and you know she would uh, like you know oh make the make the barf noise I'm like what (laughs) that that weird vacuum noise he makes I'm like you mean chewy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, so um, yeah Spaceballs is 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 a special slice of Star Wars pie there god bless her mom tried so hard (laughs) yeah um, and so other than that, uh, what is your favorite weird Star Wars content? Weird Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, well, you know, let's see, let me think about this. I, you know, off the top of my head and it's not necessarily weird, I guess, but like the Han Solo adventures, the Brian Daly had so many strange, it's some of my favorite stories. Uh, that that I lament that's been lost, but like there's a lot of weird stuff in those books. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, um, I, I loved Han Solo and the Crystal Skull. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they are they are weird books, you know. Great, great books, but weird. Oh, definitely. Um, and it, and I was I was that kid. I read the Lando uh, Chronicles. Um, because I couldn't get into the Han Solo trilogy. Okay. Um, and so when Solo was announced and, and, and definitely after seeing it, I was the one who was very embracing of it because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much better than those books. And I felt, I felt bad because I know a lot of people uh, love those books, but yeah, they were definitely out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just cause I mean, maybe it was difficult to imagine what, what's a Han Solo story. You know, yeah, uh, I mean, those were like the real, real early cracks at that expanded universe stuff. You oh, know? yeah. Well, I mean, and it's it's right up there with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, where it's just like, yeah, the, the, it was very out there grasping, you know, for, okay, this sounds Star Warsy, this feels Star Warsy, mm-hmm. before we even knew what defined what is Star Warsy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good way to put it. And and you know, you you admire the efforts, and there's some really cool stuff that was that was born out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's cool to kind of look at it like a little time capsule of like, boy, you Star Wars sometimes got weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, it, it's right, it's right in there with uh, the holiday special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, before we close out, question for you: since it's only a month month away, are you going to be at Star Wars Celebration? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'll be as a fan, you know, I, I, I'm going just hang out, bring my kids, uh, going with my, my wife and my brother, uh, which is going to be a blast. And then I am, uh, I'm on at least one panel. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting word. Um, they'll tell me what I'm doing and I'll go, but I know at least there's going to be a comics panel that I'll, I'm participating on. Um, so that'll be, that'll be, a, you know, ton of fun. Um, so, so yes, I will definitely be there and I can't freaking wait. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this is our first celebration and definitely, I think this is the year to go if you can. And, and, and if you want to, because I'm not going to say we're not going to get this much star Wars in a single year again, but we've gotten so much. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a while before we fall into a year where we get a star Wars park, a movie, a, show, a TV show, I mean, all kinds of amazing Cartoon. books and comics. Yeah, yeah. I, like so much is happening with Star Wars, and it's all going to be jam packed into that. That plus place. plus whatever they announce. Exactly yes. right, because you know there's going to be something else. Totally yes. Um, so yeah, so we can't wait. It's going to be awesome to get to get to meet you. Um, Likewise and whatnot. Um, so. For any of our followers, if they want to find you, uh, if they want to stay connected with you on social media and whatnot, how can they find you? Uh, yeah, uh, you have Twitter and Instagram, you know, just at Michael Maurice, both. Um, um, and I'm on uh, Facebook uh, as well. Um, and my website is michaelpmaurice.com. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty accessible, I, I think. Awesome. All right. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for uh, geeking out with us about Star Wars and and all that, uh, your own awesome stuff. Um, well, thanks for having me. I mean, I had this, this, this is a blast. I'm really, really glad we finally had this time, uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yes, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for talking star Wars and waste space, black star and everything else. Like I, I really appreciate it. Great time. Oh yeah. And, and that's, and, and that's the cool thing is, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, you're, you're the guy that wrote some awesome star Wars comics, but you're also Michael, the fan and, uh, definitely just having conversations as fans. Uh, it's nice. Yeah, I agree. I'm always a fan first. That's, that's where I started and that's, that's where I'll always be. Absolutely. So, well, we're looking forward to next month when we can have you back and talk a little bit more about uh, Black Star Renegades and your new book. And, and so we'll be sharing that information with our fans, but yeah, guys, that's it. We're going to transition to our Q and a and, Alrighty, guys, so it's been a fun day, a fun show. It's been fun with you, uh, but now, to close out this fun mess, uh, some Q&As. Um, we asked you guys a couple twi- qu- a couple questions yabba, 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 uh, on the social medias. Mm-hmm. We didn't get any answers. Yeah. So, first of all, rude. <clears throat> Second of all, you can still let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter yeah. and Facebook. Let us know what your favorite weird Star Wars content is. And let us know what your favorite Star Wars inspired content is. Um, but to answer those questions for us, would you, would, 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 would you, would, did you, would you. Have you ever had a drink? Would you, <laughs> so, what's your favorite Star Wars inspired slash spoofed slash parodied content? Oh man. Do I have parameters? Uh, it can be serious, like. Um, it can be okay. For instance, like Michael Morisi's Battle uh, uh, Black Star Renegades. Mm-hmm. It could be that's a serious like 
I was inspired by Star Wars kind of motif, or it could be funny in the sense of Spaceballs. Spaceballs is my favorite, but also another weird one. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. Wait, another weird Star Wars-inspired thing? Yes. Okay. Is it the Chin Wars thing, or the Thumb Wars? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know? We used to go to Blockbuster every Friday, and so I traveled down a path less followed, and I picked up something called Thumb Wars, and watched it with my mom and dad, mm -hmm. and it was quite honestly one of the weirdest things I have ever seen. <laughs> And we never got it again. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's so... I haven't watched it since then, mm -hmm. but it's, like, burned into my memory. Yeah. It's... Yeah, you don't forget that kind of thing. And it's just... No. It's it's so weird. It's so um, weird. Yeah, like, I... Oh, go ahead. Before it, it had, like, the thumb version of Titanic in front of it. Do you remember that? Mm -mm. I only saw it on... I think it was Nickelodeon or something. I only saw it on TV. I never saw it. Oh, it I never picked it up in VHS or something. I don't. I don't know what it was. It was grown up. Are you sure? Yes. I'm pretty sure I saw that on like Nickelodeon or something. That's weird. I don't know. It was a long time ago. I wasn't myself, so. <laughs> I was another person. Um, yeah, I love Spaceballs. Um, that never ceases to make me laugh. I, I'm sad. I, well, I'm not sad. I'm mad that my favorite thing about Spaceballs, though, is its reference to Alien. Nothing <laughs> nothing it references to Star Wars is as good as its Alien the reference. The ending is so fantastic. Because it's, it's actually John Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, not again. I love, I love Spaceballs is just so good. It's so and great I, at, like, comedic timing. And then it's I, so funny. I can never, whenever they say comb this area, find them. I cannot think of, I cannot not think of the scene where it's like, we ain't found nothing. And that's not, that's not, that's not what he says. But, <laughs> but it's like, still very funny. I, it's so, there's so much in there that just stays with you. It becomes yes. a part of your humor after watching that movie. Yeah. And it's so great. Um, like walking around, uh, when was it? It was, uh, like, uh, it was at the not-so-scary Halloween party mm -hmm. when the guys were walking around dressed up as, I don't know what I can call them. What? The a-holes. Oh, the troopers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, that's pretty, it was pretty yeah. funny. We're a family-friendly podcast, yeah, ladies we, and gentlemen. We, we, we have to, uh, we, we have to be careful. We can't quote our favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I love Spaceballs. <clears throat> I do have to mention, though, Family Guy as well. I know not a lot of people like Family Guy. I know you don't like Family no. Guy. I stopped liking Family Guy a long time ago, but I loved the the passion Seth put into uh, their oh, their yeah. Star Wars spoofs. It's one of those things like it's easy to tell a fan made this. Oh yeah, I mean, and and I mean, he so faithfully <clears throat> recreates things. Everything from our, you know, he yes, he's telling it in a fun in comedic way, but he's also being careful with it. You know, he's yeah. he's not criticizing, he's not shaming, he's yeah. parodying. Yeah. You know, and I love, you know, some of the responses are so funny because it's just so so much more real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that it's it's a much more appropriate response to some of the Star Wars stuff. I just remembered something that might count. Oh. As that. Mhm. Yes, technically sequels would count. <laughs> um, so yeah, so love that stuff. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I would be I would be interested if they decided to do the prequels. I doubt Seth would do it, but yeah, I would be interested if they did. Um, because you know Meg would be Jar Jar. <laughs> hey, um, as someone who got called Meg quite a bit in middle school, I hate. Shut up, Meg. I hate being... Exactly! <laughs> I hated being called Meg. It's not so bad, though, because it's short for Megatron. <laughs> and that's actually in the show. I'm going to pinch you. All right, and then the... Uh, so the next question. Your favorite weird Star Wars... So this is actual Star Wars. This isn't parodies or spoofs. It's your favorite piece of Star Wars that's just weird, but you love it. Oh. <laughs> you might have to answer this one first. Well, I, I think I can't answer this one first. <laughs> because well, because mine's good. <laughs> You've seen more than I have. Yeah, but just that it's there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. It's just something you found weird, but you're like, I like that. Lumpy. Basically, <laughs> that's it. I just I don't know why, but Lumpy was my favorite part of the holiday special. Yeah, I mean... How sad he was after they broke his oh bantha! Oh my gosh, that was just... They broke his bantha toy! If you needed a reason to hate the Empire. Um, yeah, I definitely liked the family, the Chewie family. Yeah. There's some weird scenes. It's still it's still the holiday special, but... Oh boy, he's I, there. I, there's, there's definitely parts that... I mean, I love the B. Arthur part. Oh I, yeah. I, I love that whole sequence, um... In Chalums, uh, I... Yeah. You know. The concept of Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba. What do you mean? Just, like, the fact that we see these characters for, like, not even two minutes in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But the backstory behind them is so, like, expansive and... Like, oh, yeah. It's well, absolutely insane. That's something I love about Star Wars. Yeah. But it's so weird. Yeah, and that and that's what I was gonna say is that that's the beauty of Star Wars is everybody has a story. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's creepy, but everybody has a story. Yeah. Um, and so we're never gonna run yeah. out of stories. Yeah, and I didn't mention it on our uh, our solo ten things, but uh, Quinlan or er, I almost call him Quinlan Voss, <laughs> Dryden Voss mm-hmm. has one of Doctor Evazon's dome uh, decraniated. Yeah. And I Which, saw that. Real, I mean, How deplor- did he get de- one? <laughs> deplorable actions, but really good name. Well, actually, they were very, they were very common. Like, um, you know, Evazon worked for Jabba for a while, and it's more than likely one of these things he started doing in that uh, capacity of saying, "Hey, Jabba, I've got a new servant for you." And word probably spread of, "Did you hear about what Evazon made J- Jabba? You, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not high caliber gangster unless you have one." Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it m- took me more a than second likely. watch. To notice that, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think it was second. It it was one of the later watches where yeah. you finally. I mean, it's not called <clears throat> out. It's not called out in Rogue One either, no. but. It's like someone likes the comic books. Yeah, when well, <laughs> no, I like the connection because it's around, a, uh, it's getting towards that period of time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um. I almost mentioned Jackson. Uh, because. Green space rabbits, but I have to go with now. Jackson's now canon, so that's nice. 
but Legends, <laughs> uh, Legends has Triclops. What? Yes. So, okay, so... Please explain. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> Help. So, Triclops... I hope you're going to show me a picture. Uh, well, yes, I'll find you a picture to show you afterwards. Um, so, Triclops is believed to be, in Legends, everything I'm about to say is Legends, please calm down, um, Triclops is believed to be uh, Palpatine's son. Triclops is a Triclops. Um, but, but he... Palpatine's yeah. a Biclops. Uh, yeah. Well, but he was born of Slymore, who was an Umbaran aide to Palpatine. And Slymore is canon, but this part of her story is not. Um, Palpatine and her were believed to be lovers, and it was known that Slymore was an experimentalist. She would mess with biological sciences, and it's believed that she experimented on uh, herself while pregnant, and that's why Triclops became Triclops. Triclops, she died in birth. Triclops is then whisked away um, and imprisoned after a while. Um, and during that time, an Imperial officer, who's also got three eyes, comes into the picture after Palpatine's death to say, I'm Triclops. I'm the Palpatine, I'm Palpatine's son, so I should take over the Empire. And so then it becomes this big journey of getting the actual Triclops freed from prison to overthrow the not-Triclops. And, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's I'm special. I'm confused and appalled. And the big twist is it's like, you're not Palpatine's son. Yes, I am. Where's your third eye? On the back of my head. Uh, so, Triclops was a Triclops, but not in the sense you would think. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so, th I, it's so weird. Please show me a picture. It's so weird, but it claims to be so legitimate that it, it you can't hate it. <laughs> I, too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's that weird part of why I'm glad Legends is Legends. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just me. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's my favorite. But on to... Uh, questions you guys asked us, because um, we ask you guys questions, you ask us questions, and we have a Q&A. Um, Ian, on uh, Facebook, Ian Strange, uh, which thanks for clearing up uh, how to pronounce your name, uh, we, we <laughs> overestimated the, f the, the fanciness of it a little bit, yeah. um, but it's still a cool name, dude. Um, but Ian asked, Republic versus Empire, who would win? I'm sticking to my guns. Oh. Empire. Yeah. If we, if, yeah. Says the girl with the Death Star tattoo. <laughs> I'm the new, The new hit starring Daniel Craig coming out this summer. <laughs> starring Adam Driver. Thank you. I was making a joke about the girl with the dragon I know. tattoo. I gotcha. Whatever. I gotcha. Whatever. Okay, so Empire. Empire. Logic. Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're, you're a true Imperial. It's like... Can't we just do, deal with it with our Death Star? Like it's like Me. you and D and D. Like, can I hit it with my hammer? <laughs> I'm a tank, dude. You don't have to aim. Um, That's the best part. I mean, there's definitely some. Uh, there's definitely some 
power in having a super weapon. I will give you that. Uh, I think it also just depends on exactly what the parameters of the question are. I mean, this was a very general question, but if we really dove into it. So I feel like the Empire would have a distinct advantage if it had the Death Star mm -hmm. if it was going against the Republic as it stood after the creation of the Empire. Yeah. So, for instance, Palpatine creates the Empire, and some people are cool with that, but some people aren't, and so the Republic still kind of exists, and clones still fight for the Republic and everything, but the Jedi are dead. Yeah. And Anakin actually did turn to the dark side. Like, Now, I hear what you're saying, but wouldn't order six I, I get it, but just bear with me. So I'm just, if we're talking about a Republic that survived through the creation of the Empire, then... I feel like you would have a point. Eh, just leave her. Yeah. <laughs> because it would be distinctly weaker. Yeah. But if we're talking Republic at its most power, Empire at its most power, I think Republic would win because Jedi would still be around. So anybody could just do the Luke Skywalker maneuver. And clones would be around and still have much better training. And I think some of the equipment used by the Republic was much better. But that was also before they were as stingy as the Empire got. Because mm -hmm. um, there's part... I mean, I, I'm one of those. I believe if... I honestly think if Venators still existed throughout the service of the Empire, the Empire would have been a lot more intimidating than mm -hmm. just their normal Star Destroyers. Because there's a lot they cut because of budget. Yeah. And it shows how kind of handicap that main the Empire's uh, Navy. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, the Clone Wars pretty much crippled the financial situation of the Republic and therefore the Empire. Yeah, I mean, and I, I am kind of... Um, and also destroying the Trade Federation. That yeah. was a bad idea. There, there was just a lot of implications to the end of the, the Republic. And that's why it took 20 years to dissolve the Senate. You know, it's... Palpatine took over um, in Revenge of the Sith, essentially. 20 years later, in A New Hope, we're just now hearing that he dissolved the Senate. How, like, Well, there's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fallout of, number one, just getting rid of the Republic and, you know, in general, getting rid of the democracy yeah, and so forth. But anyway, that's all off topic. But I think when you compare military might to military might, both, you know... It would never happen because one cannot, the Empire can't exist without the Republic dying. But if we could just take the Republic, take the Empire, and put them in against each other, I think the Republic would win. Yeah. Well. It'd be a heck of a battle, though. Oh, yeah. That'd be entertaining. Oh, yeah. It'd take at least three seasons. I would take, you know, it's 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 a, a life story that would take at least three, three films to, to properly sum up and maybe a couple of comic books. <laughs> I don't know what that reference is from, but it's... I don't remember either. I don't... It was some character... Uh, oh, no, no, no. It was from uh, Bride of Chucky. You're right! It's when um, they're like, so where'd you guys come from? And Chucky's just like... It honestly would take... If it was a movie, it would take a lot of sequels. It would take three or four so sequels many to sequels. really get into it. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. We, we watched um, the Child's Play films recently, so that's where that came from. Anyway. um Next question from Michael Johnson and Jeff Dumond. It's a it's a two-header. Yes. Well, the question isn't. It comes from two heads. Um, but they asked, uh, was Grievous ever human? No. No, he was not. He was organic, so he wasn't always the cybernetic droid general. Um, 
he was a Kalish, um, which is a very warrior ar archetype species. Um, and so there's two different ways, um, depending on legends versus canon, how you view the story. I mean, because here's the thing, just because it's canon, you can have your own idea of the story. But So in legends, he was manipulated into becoming General Grievous. In canon, he chose to become General Grievous. Um, both of them were to go against the Jedi. In, in legends, basically Dooku blew him up and blamed the Jedi and said, you know, if you serve our army, you can kill all the Jedi you want. And so that kind of explains why he's obsessed with killing Jedi and collecting their lightsabers, blah, blah, blah. Um, in canon, though, um, apparently he just wanted to be the greatest warrior, and so he modified himself yeah. uh, to do that. And so forth and so on. So, uh, he, he was, at one point, not the Grievous we know. Um, but he was not human. He was It was a humanoid species. So, But good question. It's a, it's a, um... It's a common question. It's one that's not really addressed... I mean, you see his eyes and you kind of imagine, okay, he's probably not human. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you don't really get it answered right away in, um, you know, from episode three. You know, Grievous shows up and then he's dead. <laughs> yeah. You basically. just know that he's some dude living inside of a cybernetic suit kind of, uh, situation. He's pre... He's pre-Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, but... That'll do it for us, guys. Um, that's the Q's. That's the A's. Um, don't forget to let us know um, your answers to our questions, favorite weird Star Wars stuff, favorite spoofed Star Wars stuff. We want to hear from you, and we'll be asking you guys. We'll be posting on uh, Twitter and Facebook this week's questions for next week's show, so be on the lookout for that. So make sure that you are connected to us on Facebook and Twitter. That way you can know when we post episodes, when we have to rearrange schedules, when we post memes, and when we ask you guys questions, and you can send in your answers, uh, and you can also send in your own questions. So uh, be on the lookout for that on social media. Follow us, like us, all that good stuff. Um, next week, just so you know, we're going to be doubling down on our Clone Wars rewatch. Um, we missed last week, um, as you guys know, and so in order to keep the schedule pretty much the same, uh, we are going to post two episodes next week. And that's mostly because we would have done it this week, but we're already talking about Mortis, and that's big enough. Mm -hmm. um, so this week we're going to talk about Mortis, um, and that's that. But then next week we're going to talk about the uh, Escape the Citadel arc and the Padawan Lost arc. And so you'll get both of those. And that'll be the season finale for season three. Um, and so we'll be getting into season four, which is exciting. Lots of good stuff happening there. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. Um, also, uh, if you haven't already, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We are on YouTube now. We've got a couple of videos up there um, right now uh, that if you miss us in between shows, you can always go there and check it out. Um, we've uh, grown in views and subscribers, which has been nice, but we uh, definitely want more, so um, be sure to check that out. We'll be posting a lot more coming soon. We already mentioned Queen Shadow, and there's a few other things that we're planning to do um, in the coming weeks, so we'll be doing more, we'll getting, we'll start to get more traffic there, so be on the lookout, subscribe, and uh, like the videos, comment on the videos, share the videos, all that good stuff, you guys, YouTube's been around long enough, you know what to do, um, but if you want to support the show, um, you can check out our Patreon page to see how you can do that, and get rewarded for it, we, um, you know, if, if you're willing to uh, go that far in supporting um, your favorite podcast, uh, then, you know, we definitely want to thank you in various ways for that. And so we do that on Patreon. You support us, we thank you for it. 
And so head over to our Patreon page to find out exactly what that looks like, how that works, and how you can be a part of it. Uh, and we will appreciate you for it. And speaking of Patreon, thanks, Rebecca. Um, thank you for uh, your support and your encouragement and being a part of Patreon and helping us do what we do on the show. And that's the deal, guys. If you join us on Patreon, guess what? You get a shout-out on every episode. If you give $10, $100, no matter what you give, um, you will always be eternally thanked at the end of every episode. Even if we get 100 patrons, I may not... I, let me not commit ourselves to that. But, no. but get to five. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we will definitely give you guys shout-outs in everything we do. So, um, thanks, Rebecca. Um, and we already mentioned Twitter and Facebook. So, guys, that's the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, Michael. We certainly enjoyed our conversation with Michael. It was a lot of fun, and it's nice to just hang out with another fan like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, be sure to uh, rate the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Anchor, uh, iTunes, whatever. If you can rate it, please do, and uh, if you can share it, please do. Let others know what you think. Um, but, that's our show, and if you can't hear our cat, she's telling us that it's time to go. So, guys, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. I've been your herd mom, Megan. This has been the Herd Main Show. Guys, stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Ah!